Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. For, I mean, I don't, I don't wish any bad on him, man. But like I said, it's just, just too overwhelming, man. Having to deal with someone like him, just too much. You tell the same damn thing a hundred damn times. You know, he's still going to do his own shit. Oh, yeah. He's going to put all that crazy shit, man. It's, like I said, I, I sent that letter that he sent that he wanted Amy to put into the court. And that's, that's just, uh, that's, it's, 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 it's so opposite of what I do. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, it was beautiful. It was a thing of fucking beauty and joy. So somebody maybe the legal society or the commercial world, but absolutely nothing to do with making it simple. And he spent yeah, hours searching it. No, I mean, this dude, the guy researched this thing to death. But I mean, it's simple, so everybody can understand it. Nobody can understand it but him and maybe uh, an accountant. Yeah, I skimmed through that paperwork. I was laughing my head off. He actually wrote in there somewhere, so help you God. Yeah, that was the very first caption. That was in a caption. Hey. You know, like, so God help you, 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 you know, God help you, you know, God help you, you fucking fuck with me. I'm like, holy <laughs> That's so rude. How could you write to your grandmother, so help you, God? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be out of that, Will. So, like I said, I don't know if you two just trying to undermine, like, stuff that I'm trying to teach people. You're trying to get people to literally get people in trouble. So people go over to that divine promise because he's like the 13th disciple. They make room for one more. They allow him to come in as the 13th because there's only supposed to be 12. So, like I said, I don't know if he's just trying to help promote that crap. I don't know. Hey, man, I got to eat some humble pie here. Not to change the subject, but uh, remember, remember you were saying if I, went to, if I got thrown in jail, my old lady would be phoning in there real quick, and I said, no way, that's not the way we roll up here. Well, you were right. The old lady says, you fucking hate I'd phone him real quick. Because <laughs> <laughs> she just said to me, tell Carl I'm going to keep him on speed dial. <laughs> yeah. yeah, speed dial uh, number nine. Well, you don't have speed dial. If you're there to answer the phone, you're there. What was that? Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, there's somebody in Edmonton that wanted to get in touch with you. So I'll let him know that you're still alive. Yeah, I just, like I say, I, I had to go into a construction phase there, and I kind of went a little MIA because I was, well, was under everything, under the gun, every direction. So I'm pretty much on a steady mode now. But, yeah, sure, don't email me, give him my number, either way. on any of the calls and that so I was I got the apartment above my shop so I brought him up and let him crash the night and set him up with Mike and Mike and the boys and Mark and and uh I don't know how 
things are going because I haven't talked to him for at least a week or so. So. Hey, who's there? It's I'm not sure. It's two a.m. over here. Hey. Hello. Hey. Yes, Aquila. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? All right. No one's on the call. Uh, no. Was that was that you playing playing Carl? No. Oh, that was Probably. weird. My back. It was me. Oh, it was I you. Was I, I knew was it. listening to call, and your number was uh, your. My phone was on too. Yeah, that that was kind of funny. I uh, I started the call. I heard somebody talking. I just thought people called in early, and then I heard Carl's voice, and I'm like, oh, cool, Carl's on. <laughs> no, it was me listening to the previous. I think oh, that would be nice. Being yeah. that, uh, Mike, your thing was messed up a little bit, mm-hmm. and if we can play call, <laughs> and they'd be like, what is this? Call us on the call. Yes, yeah, I'll call everybody. Call us on the call. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good I, idea. I, I really thought it was Carl on the call. <laughs> oh, yeah, really? I, I really <laughs> did. Yeah, that's what I should start doing. Instead of having my call on Mondays, just play uh-huh. one of Carl's episodes instead of me being on. People should be listening to Carl. And we could talk about it a little bit, go over some things, what he was talking about, and ask a couple of questions. Yeah, I mean, that'd be sweet. Like, like a snippet and then kind of go over it or something. All right. Who speaks? Who was speaking? Hello? Oh, it was Jeremy. Oh, Jeremy. How you doing, man? I'm hanging in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
I, I hear your voice, Aquila, on a lot of uh, previous talk shoes. I, I recognize you. <laughs> Good. Okay, you hear me from Texas, I will all soon. Uh, of yes? my mother from Texas, at, at Texas, yeah. All right, well, never mind all of that. I just want to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm going to say no one else. They're brilliant, these shows. <laughs> yeah. The guy, I think his name was Bob or Rob Titus, whatever. I mean, anybody call this is not my call, but, you know, let's all be kind to one another. That's all I wish to say. Yeah. Sometimes okay. Get out there. <laughs> yeah, I think Bob's great as long as he uh, stays on topic and doesn't get all excited. Oh, yeah, no drinking on the show. (laughs) I don't care care if you drink, just stay focused on law. Yeah, unless you can handle it, like you say. (laughs) If you can handle your liquor, good. But, um, no, I'm just saying, but not my show, so. And if you don't mind me, Mike, I'll make my announcement. Would that be okay? Yeah, go ahead. All righty. Um, I'm going to be God's willing on the land in Texas. I'm sorry, not Texas, Toronto, um, for about a week. And so, um, you know, whoever wishes to meet with me, you may do so. No problem. But I'm going on vacation. And just so, you know, a couple people know, whoever wished to know. All right, that's my announcement. And donate. There you go. <laughs> donate to the cause, whether it's Mike, Carl, or Gus, or whomever helping you. I know we don't all have a whole lot. If you don't have it, great. You don't. You don't. You do try to help one another. That's all. Be kind. Donate if you can. All right, that's my two cents. Yeah, and I don't know uh, how many people are on the call right now, but just so everybody knows, uh, apparently my Skype account got hacked. So don't don't pay any attention to any messages you get from me on Skype until uh, until you actually hear me say it's okay. Ooh, I almost sent uh, something through through your Skype mic. Yeah, I, I know of at least one that did send something. We're working on uh, getting a refund on that, but hopefully nobody else has sent anything or tried to send anything. Yeah, it was my and I, it was my first time. Like I couldn't I couldn't do what they were wanting from some kind of a iPhone card. I couldn't do it, so I sent a uh, just a donation. Like I was texting you back and forth on a Skype. I thought it was you, so I said, no. I, if you see a donation for me, it's it, it's okay. You can keep that donation. Well, if if you sent a donation, however they told you to send it, they probably got it, not me. I that, don't that, know. That's the funny thing is. That's the funny thing is. I didn't do it how they told me. I just went ahead and did it through your website, Common Law dot com because I I, I, re- I was talking to them and they were like no you have to send like a hundred dollar five iPhone cards or a hundred dollar yes equals five hundred iPhone cards or something I was like this is weird so I was like let me just I kept telling you I was like let me give you the donation 
And then they kept telling me that, so I was just like, I'm just going to go ahead and and give them a donation (laughs) because I don't know what they were talking about. Yeah, just so people know, I don't uh I don't ask people for money. I don't tell people they have to donate. I don't uh I don't I don't download music or software from iTunes. And uh I guess he was telling somebody 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 wasn't sure what was going on um cuz I also my phone was cut off for a couple of days, so it probably got a few people wondering. But um Somebody said that uh, they only had about $100 on them. And the other guy's like, yeah, that's okay. Just uh, send it as soon as you can, which is totally not my character whatsoever. I always tell people, if you don't have money, don't donate. So just so people are aware, if anybody's asking you for money, pretending to be me on Skype, don't send it. Yeah, I, I'm guessing if you ask them a bunch of questions, they'll probably go away really quick. Yeah, like I, thought, say, I thought they were the cards for um, just to get you on to, like, you, I, I remember on one of the shows you were saying something about to, to get on the show, you needed some kind of iPhone card or something. What was that? Do you remember a couple of weeks back or so? Yeah, like what yeah, that was, yeah, that was just a phone card to to make my cell phone work. It had nothing to do with iTunes or any of that. I don't I don't download music, I don't download software. I don't go on iTunes ever, so Yeah, that that that's that was the convincing part for me when they said that I was like, okay, he's probably needing that for the show or something. I don't know why he was just doing that. So I you know, but anyway. Well, cuz somebody said somebody asked him what are you talking about? You don't download music. And the guy's like, "Oh, oh no, it's uh it's for software." And then, and then the guys, and then my friends, like, well, uh, what kind of software do you need? And then the guy didn't didn't respond after that. But I think if people were to ask him questions, uh, I don't know, like, who are you and what have you done with Mike? Or ask him, did you are you the guy that hacked Mike's account or something like that? He'll probably stop bugging you. Yeah, I could probably mess with him right now. <laughs> Yeah, just play games, ask him some funny questions. <laughs> yeah, your your hacker blocked me right away. Oh yeah? Yeah, as long as, as long as people don't as long as people don't send him any money or give him any information, just have fun with the guy. Yeah, he said hello and then I waited, then he says, How are you? And I said I said, Great and you? And then you said busy now. Well, not you, but your hacker. <laughs> busy now. And then he says, can you do me a favor? And I replied, oh, so you want five iTunes cards? LOL. Or LOL. I wrote hacker. And then he blocked me like instantly. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty sure it wasn't you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. So far, I think my email account's okay. I think my PayPal account's okay. I think it's just Skype, so. So did the guy steal a laptop, or did he just steal, like, the account Skype? Yeah, I guess he just, I don't know anything about hacking, but I guess he just found my password somehow and then took over the account. I guess it sounds like it's kind of common for people to have their Skype account hacked. So can you go and change the password, or? uh, I can't on my phone, but I, I just... 
I had to find the password for my internet to get my new computer working. I've had, <laughs> I got, uh, somebody sent me a laptop a while ago and I had to get a cord for it. And then now I got a cord for it. I couldn't find the password to get on my internet, but I got the password. I just haven't hooked it up, but I got to get on probably the computer and I think download Skype onto the computer and then deal with it that way. I think I have to, um, report it and change my password. Yeah. Here's something funny. You'd think that they would probably see all your stuff material on, on Skype and then they would see that it's a lull type show stuff. And then they would, they would freak out a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. This guy knows hackers better than me and he knows the law. This is probably not good. Well, I'm saying the hacker probably got kind of nervous at at that point. He's like, Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. As long as uh, as long as a whole bunch of people don't send the guy money, I'm not really worried. I think it's kind of funny. Um, but if anybody did did give him money, I'm sure that somehow we could make Skype or PayPal or somebody fix it, reverse it, cancel it, whatever. Basically, a form of fraud. Somebody's pretending to be me. Yeah, math. What you do with the money I sent you? <laughs> if that is my real name. Oh, my five hundred bucks back. <laughs> well, five hundred bucks. I'm, I'm gonna beat your iTunes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, hopefully he didn't. Uh, bamboozle too many people. Did he bamboozle anyone? Uh, one so far. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that one, yeah. I mean, anybody that fell for that, they'll fall for anything. Because I've never heard you ask anybody for money. Yeah, that's what I was just saying too. I'm always telling people if you if you can't afford it, don't donate. Just wait till you have a little extra. Donate then if you feel like it. But I always tell people don't don't put yourself out to donate to me. Yeah, it was so out of character, especially with the thing. Is there a convenience store, or supermarket around you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so hopefully anybody uh like there's a there's a ton of people on my contact list, so there's probably a lot of people that don't really know all that much that wouldn't know the for sure that it wasn't me. But just yeah, another but thing at a minimum you'd ask some questions. Yeah. But my uh my my phone was out of service for a couple of days too, so that probably made a few people a little more concerned. Yeah. Anybody that sent uh, MF money, don't worry. He's got you covered. He'll give you a refund. 110% money back. <laughs> what?
If he I'll don't cover you, some guy in Pakistan will. I'll just uh, start mailing out a lot of envelopes with uh, rusty nails and broken rubber bands. And scratch the uh, canceled iTunes cards. <laughs> I'll mail refunds out with scratch and sniff stamps. A crotch sniff. All right, man. I just got home, so I'm mute. I was just listening to you guys. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. <laughs> Make sure you unmute when you're typing or eating. Yeah, I'm waiting for the wife to bring some food, then I'll unmute. <laughs> All right. And make sure it's loud and crunchy. Yeah, unmute if you start snoring too, because that's always funny. Somebody snores on a call. I never snore on your call. I'm always wide awake. <laughs> well, it's only Carl's call? Yeah, on Carl's call, I'll fall asleep. <laughs> it's because he yeah, sounds old. On yours, I can't because either Sam or uh, Bob or uh, Cheyenne will keep me awake. <laughs> no, that's at night, the nightmares. <laughs> the reason Carl makes you go to sleep is because he sounds like you, so he talks. It's like you're talking yourself to sleep. Yeah, I already heard it all. <laughs> I mean, how many times can you hear that? You know, I, I can go backwards and sideways <laughs> and. Uh, Broke uh, 8,000 codes on the way here and uh, another 8,000 on the way home. (laughs) I guess we could get uh, Dougie to uh, fill in for Carl once in a while. (laughs) Nobody ever heard from him again, huh? Uh, No, I think he talks to um, uh, Dennis. Every once in a while, trust in all law, Dennis. And I think yeah. Mark and Lana talks to one or the other on a rare occasion, but I don't really know. It'd be good to do a, a call with one of the with those some of those guys someday, even if it's a private call, just to you know catch up. Yeah, I haven't uh, talked to Doctor Boombender in a long time either. I don't know what he's up to now. Who the hell's that? No, no, Dr. Boombender, Dallas, in Texas. Dallas, in Texas. I remember Dallas in Texas, but I didn't remember him being called that. Yeah, that was was his uh, talk show name. Oh. Boom shakalaka. I don't know. There's a lot of people that just kind of disappeared. Yeah. That's what happens when we don't have a way to keep in touch and all that. I mean, this this thing just happened with you. Teaches us a lesson that I think we need to be a little bit more close-knit and uh, have better ways of communicating with each other other than just relying on Skype. Yeah. You know, have a calling tree or something. 
As long as it's um, like a few people that I know well or whatever, but there's no way I want like 200 people calling me and texting me all day long. Oh, no, no, but that's what I'm talking about. It's like just having a way to communicate, you know, each one have a way to communicate with two, three people. That's what setting up a calling tree is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I never even really thought email. I never used my email account, but uh, at least you and Brian have my email, my email address, and I have yours. So. Yeah, and uh, we thought that's another thing we should start doing is uh, set up an email list that at least we can we could have sent an email to everybody saying, hey, you know, watch out for this or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to be part of any list. You're already part of a list. Yeah, whatever. Another list then. I don't know. I don't see. I don't see much advantage to compiling everybody's email address onto a big list and then putting it out there. I don't know. Publicly. Either secured or with uh, like a group, some type of group list that keeps it private. Some kind of identifiable group. Leo, you know this identifiable identifiable group he's talking about. I don't know. It snowed six inches here last night, and I had to spend about an hour on the tractor uh, pushing snow this morning. So, yeah, uh, it's no all <laughs> Yeah, in April. Hey, uh, so uh, Leo, I, I I answered you, but then you never got back, so I had to leave. Yeah. And then I called you, and you didn't answer. So then I said we we're playing phone tag, and I said you are it. Phone tag. You didn't call me. I called you at uh, I called you seven minutes or actually uh, fifteen minutes after you called me. Oh, on Skype. Yeah. Well, you called me on oh, Skype. Oh yeah, but I told you I left a message that I was leaving. Uh, so you can call all you want. I'm not here. Well, your little button was green, or whatever. Uh, my button's oh. always green. Then it turns to yellow. Hey, this <laughs> my computer's on. I'm not here. <laughs> The lights are on, but nobody home. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. How about how about you learn to push his buttons in private? This is a family. <laughs> yeah, <thing. yeah. laughs> uh, so did yeah. you at least get a, get a chance to call over to the court and see if there's anything going on, or what? What you guys end up doing? Well, I can't. I really don't want to talk about this on a recorded call. I want to do it oh, private. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. No but uh yeah i <laughs> i'm in i'm in uh i'm in need of a private call <laughs> if that uh, call, somebody that, call somebody that cares yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that pakistani guy will talk to you i figure fuck it i'll just wing it tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> who is that huh Me? Who, who did you say might talk to him the Pakistani guy from the iTunes cards. Oh. Wait, it's a Pakistani guy? I don't know. It could be somebody anywhere. Who knows? Could be Egypt. Could be could be right across the street. Who knows? Yeah, maybe he's from Massachusetts. That's what I just said, right across the street. <laughs> oh. 
At least somebody sent me a few bucks. <laughs> yeah, if it was me, I would have been able to get a pretty good response because I would know how you would ask. And that would be saying, oh, I need some software urgently. Well, you know, the first part of the message would be some stupid, smart-ass comment to begin with. <laughs> oh, right away. I told you that. Right away, as soon as I said something back and I didn't get a smart Alec reply, I said, this is bullshit. Yeah. Yes, uh, it just shows how important it is to ask questions. Yep. Because I guarantee you, anybody asked a couple of questions, they would have figured out real quick it wasn't me. Yep, I did right away. So, uh, So what what is the scam? I guess he gets people to buy iTunes cards, sends them the Skype pin num the pin number on Skype, and then he resells those numbers. Is that most likely? Yeah, for like half price or seventy five percent or something. It was kind of weird because I opened Skype on my phone, and the recent tab came up, and I got a whole bunch of messages like. From, from people on my contact list. And it was just a big list. Hello, Mike. Hello, Mike. Hi, Mike. Hey, Mike. I was like, what? Is this some kind of practical joke? And then my screen blinked and it went to the login screen. I couldn't log in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it didn't take me long to figure out something was wrong. It was kind of funny on Common Law. Some of us were posting there the the funny messages we were sending back and forth with a hacker. Uh, was it uh, Princess DD or Barbara? One of one of those women was saying, "Hey, what happened to the money I sent you the last time? You said you're going to leave your wife, and you you're still with her." It was kind of funny. <laughs> Yeah, that would be a breach of contract. Yep. Or bleach the contract. Yeah, it was kind of better at the beginning of the call when Carl was on. Carl was on the call. <laughs> I thought it was. I uh, I started the call and I heard I heard voices and then I heard Carl talking. I thought he was actually on the call. I was like, "Oh, this is awesome." Oh, that was me. <laughs> no, it was uh, I. It was uh, a recording of Carl. Oh. <laughs> Somebody was playing that. Yeah. 
did they give credit where credit was due in owing? <laughs> I'm not sure. That's a copyright infringement. You're gonna you're gonna pay. What do they call that? Uh, intellectual property, right? Yeah. Well, not much intellect with it, but. I guess whenever I want to get them to call me, I'll just say, hey, Dean said dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yeah. And my phone will ring right back. Yeah. Uh, Dean, Clifford, uh, Dean Clifford to uh, Carl is like E.F. Hutton. <laughs> when Dean Clifford uh, talks, Carl listens. Well, see, now if I want Carl to text me back in a hurry, I'll just uh, – Actually, I, I figured out that's how I can get Carl to do a call. I'll just say, yeah, I, I was thinking of doing a call with Dean Clifford tonight. And he'll and then, call right away. Yeah, he'll schedule a call immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to have a call. I'm going to invite Dean on. Get back to me. <laughs> I wonder if they'll work if you bring Bali on, too. Yeah. Actually, speaking of Bali, he was supposed to be on the call again, giving us an update. But I think he was super busy and postponed it and hasn't gotten back to me. Yeah, there's an idea. I'm going to tell Angela to bring him on. <laughs> no way. That's my guest, my special <laughs> guest speaker. <laughs> hey, you mute me, but you won't mute Bali. Yeah, just wait. I'm going to take the cake when I get Angela to be a guest speaker on my call. Uh-huh. <laughs> Carl hasn't been able to do that yet. It's probably going to be a boring call because she ain't going to talk much. I think it'd be interesting to get Angela to tell us some of the stories of stuff she's done. She's done a little oh, bit yeah. here and there, but she doesn't seem to talk about it too much. Yeah, but I think definitely. a lot of the I think a lot of the stuff she did, she did uh, years ago, like over the years or whatever. And a lot of it, I think it was before uh, before she ever heard of Carl. But she's uh, she's been in there digging for a long time. She's been fighting oh, back. Yeah. She could talk for an hour about secure pilot creditor. Yeah, I think she woke up that figured out something was wrong years ago. Well, she's yeah. probably... What, her call's probably been on for about what, three, probably four years now, maybe more. Probably no? more than that. Probably more than that from the number she has. Yeah, and she's like every week like a champion. Like she runs a tight ship. Her show's pretty uh, efficient. Yeah. She's got an awesome website too. Yeah, she does good work. But yeah, just with all the uh, just with all the special guest speakers on her show, just that alone, like she she knows a ton of stuff. Yeah, bring her on and talk about Erwin Erwin Sh- uh, er- Schiff. She'll talk about an hour with that. Yeah, she loves talking about the IRS too. <laughs> yeah, she's uh she's gone toe to toe with uh, tax issues a few times. Yeah, maybe bring on uh, somebody that's real good with uh, 
franchise tax or whatever the hell they call it. That's one of yeah. her pet peeves. Yeah, is that is that only in California or is that other places too? Well, there may be other places, but it's mostly in California. Franchise tax board or something. Yeah, I think it'd be good to talk to uh, Dallas about that. Dallas in California. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think he could probably explain a lot of stuff to Angela that would be helpful. Like he digs in the codes like crazy, but anything he finds in the codes that can be used against them, there's a way to do it as a man too. Yeah, I'm surprised uh, she she didn't uh, she don't have a, a you know a private conversation with him because they're out there in the same location. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think just because Angela's got so many connections, I think it'd be pretty easy for her if she had the time to just arrange some kind of meeting like Dallas and a few other people like uh, Billy's down there, correct? Yeah, Bill Thornton is over uh, maybe a little bit north of uh, San Diego, I think. Yeah, I, morning. I could be wrong, but I think Gilbert on Skype, I think he's down California. There's Probably about yeah, you know, the kids is out there too. Yeah, I don't know if uh if Angela had the time or if somebody wanted to help set it up or something, I'm sure you could get an amazing little group together down there. Yeah. Somewhere sort of central to everybody. Yeah, there's a couple of uh pretty good sized groups here. But I just haven't had a lot of time to uh, to meet. Plus, they meet like uh, early evening, and it's south of Boston from here. Like I have to go through Boston, and because of traffic, it takes like two 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 and a half hours to get there. Without traffic, it takes about an hour. Yeah, I started an Ontario Skype group, and there's quite a few people in it for a small group, but. Nobody wants to talk to each other for some reason. I don't know. It's such a quiet place to be. Yeah, it's a Canadian thing. I don't know. I thought Canadians were uh, known worldwide as being friendly. Yeah, friendly to outsiders, not people in Canada. I was really friendly tonight. (laughs) Uh, I I, 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 I got kicked out of the courthouse twice tonight. Yikes. I know. <laughs> You're obviously doing not doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> well, not only that, I was kicked out the first time, and as I was walking to, towards my car, the uh, the guard phone uh, calls me. He says, uh, he will see you now. So they brought me back in after hours. <laughs> Weird. So that, and then, and then another hour later, then, then they kick me out again. I tell you, you want to talk about this on a recorded call. No, I just want to say that Canadians are friendly and they talk a lot or whatever. I, I, it's just my point. But yes, I am, in, I am in need of a private call. That's all I want to say. <laughs> well, if we got nothing else going on, we can shut this thing down at 9 o'clock and go for it. 
Yeah, Mike is all, all rested. He can talk all night. He hasn't done any talking for like a week. <laughs> did you say? Did you just say I'm arrested? Rested, yeah. <laughs> you had some other hack doing yeah. so. You are slacking for you. <laughs> you do you mean arrested or arm rested? Arab Arab rested. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Vital, I have a quick question, off-topic. Is it a 10-part <laughs> question? It has nothing to do with common law. <laughs> I, don't do any off, I don't do any off-topic questions. Okay, okay. Part What's one, up? Paris. The Paris huh? thing happened. The Paris. The Paris? Paris. The attack on Paris or whatever. Have you heard of that? You know, the ants in France stay mainly on the plants. Paris, France. Paris? Oh, I thought you were talking about parrot, like uh, a bird. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like Parrot Hilton. Paris, Paris. Tour Eiffel, Paris. J'y parle pas pour José Paris. Tabernacle. I haven't even looked into that thing, but it's starting to seem very strange. Yeah, it seems to be. They usually don't use, uh, you know, rifles and guns. They use bombs. And I see all this gold foil. I don't know what that's about. (laughs) It's like judges and clerks acting on a stage, right? Yeah, like birds of a feather. <laughs> Gay Paris. <laughs> hey, this is a family show. So I don't know. They had some bombs go off in uh, in Beirut. Killed like 37 people or something. Nobody heard of that. I guess this overshadowed that. So those oh, terrorists guess- might be... Those terrorists might be pissed off because somebody stole their five, 15 minutes of fame. I guess the Beirut attack wasn't planned, so <laughs> so CNN yeah, they, wasn't in place. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have the media on board yet. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have the proper signage. <laughs> yeah, it, takes them, it takes them two weeks to get CNN in place. <laughs> they didn't have they didn't have time to fly a Tim Hortons in by a military helicopter. <laughs> oh man, it's not even funny, but it's uh, seems very strange. Strange doings. Oh, I know. We have we have ISIS under control. Boom. <laughs> it's like somebody in uh, in uh, his inner circle is trying to sabotage whatever he says. <laughs> Please, Mr. President, don't say anything is under control because they'll be out of control. <laughs> All right. So enough about that side topic. Anybody any got any real issues to talk about? 
<laughs> real issues. <laughs> Anybody going to yell at Mike at least? I mean, I already did my yelling. I asked for a refund. <laughs> well, okay, I got a funny story about tonight, but I'm just going to give you a little snippet of a part that happened. So supposedly somebody in northern Alberta was talking to a clerk or a filing clerk or whatever, and she's trespassing on the man's case. So I look at her, or the person looks at her, or the man looks at her and says, uh, do you realize there's two trespasses? There's trespass and then trespassing on a case. She goes, there's no such thing as trespassing on a case. I said, so the person says, what's your first and last name? And then she looks you're at me and she goes, you're a terrible actor. Uh, I don't know. Anyhow, so she looks at me and she goes, uh, I'm not telling you that. I said, I said, you're a public servant. You're in a public building and you're not performing your duties uh, and you're trespassing on a case. What's your first and last name? She took off like a bat out of hell. Like she, she, oh, no, and just before she took off, I said, that's okay. I'll just take a picture of you. All I need is to identify you. She oh, took no. off and I'd never seen her again. Uh, whatever. So that yeah. was. Uh, that that was a terrible way to handle that situation. Yeah, and she's was, gonna be telling your wife. <laughs> well, that was after two hours. Oh. Two uh, hours, and you can get a you couldn't get a woman's num name, and you think you're gonna get her number? <laughs> uh, You've been out of practice. Yeah, I have to practice some more. So I yeah. If yeah, I don't get a woman's number within the next five minutes, within the first five minutes, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, you um, you said way too much anyways about trespass and trespass on the case and everything. You kind of shouldn't have said you're a public servant. And then the whole picture thing was kind of over the top. I'm about to now, now that's something else can use to say that she was scared or whatever that she felt threatened or something that was kind of a terrible way to handle that yeah oh, I, I agree I, I spent yeah the idea two hours is, in hour in a, an hour after hours the idea so, is to keep your big mouth shut other than to ask questions let them do the the hanging like you just gave her a huge heads up. Yeah. Now there's no chance of being sneaky and oh, I don't know what you're talking about. They know exactly what you're up to. You just, you went into a poker game and showed everybody your hand. Yeah, D Day tomorrow. What tomorrow's court? Yeah. Nine thirty tomorrow. Um, I don't have Skype, um, but if nobody calls in on this show with some kind of questions or something, we could probably do, like me, you, and Vital could do a three-way call, but it'll have to be on the phone, not Skype. Yeah, no, that sounds fair. I can set up my uh, TS for that. Um, I don't know if I have your number or not, but... um, I can I can three way you in or something probably like I I don't it's long distance in North America doesn't cost me anything. Yeah, I I can call you. I can call you. I I have your number. Is your number still the same? 
from February yeah. 20th? Okay, I, yeah. I can call you in. I, I can three-way right. three, three you in. All right. Yeah. Whenever you're If you don't have his number, we can call the courthouse. They got it over there. <laughs> and then, okay, I'm just going to say one more little story. People are going to appreciate how, what not to do. So, <laughs> so I kept saying. Well, well don't, after- say it. don't say it because people, if you say it's not what to do, they'll definitely go and do it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you, you yeah. probably shouldn't be talking about it on the air anyway. I know it's just it's it's irritating. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, lay down on the ground and talk about it. <laughs> yeah, stop. <laughs> stop telling Carly what you're up to. <laughs> Where's her manner? Say hi to Carly. <laughs> uh, getting crazy. Yeah, the further deeper I get into this, the more I realize it's all bullshit. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what you were doing was all what you were doing was all bullshit. Well, yeah, but the whole thing is bullshit. The, the, the whole there's no reality in nothing. Yeah, it's it's not necessarily that the whole thing is bullshit. It's that there's a bunch of Boy Scouts or a bunch of geeks playing Monopoly and they convinced you to go and play Monopoly and argue with them about their rules. So, I don't know, I guess in a way it's real to them. Well, the handcuffs and the, the handcuffs and the jail bars are pretty real. Yeah, but you're agreeing to it. It's kind of like you agree to the rules of Monopoly and you start playing the rules of Monopoly, then you start arguing the rules of Monopoly. And it's just that the consequences when you lose are real. But whether it's through ignorance or trickery or whatever, they seem to get consent just about every time. Yeah, it's just a matter of um, knowing whatever they can do, we can do better. Oh, yeah. There are a lot of people on the call. Does anyone know? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight on the call and about another ten listening. kind of weird that nobody has any questions well other than uh, the 10 part questions <laughs> yeah weird not even a topic question yeah uh.
my wife is calling me, so Vital, just send me a text when uh, you guys are ready. I guess. On Skype, you mean? Yeah, just send me a text on Skype, and then I'll I'll call Mike and you, whatever. Right. I, I I have to go eat supper. I'll so you're not gonna film on the phone? Well, I'm gonna stay on the call, but I won't be talking. I'll be eating supper. All right, all right, no problem. I'll mute. Last supper today. Yeah, I hope it's not the last. Is the food good in jail? <laughs> I said last supper today. Oh yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Just don't bend over to pick up the fork, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was just wondering, did he order supper, or was he ordered to attend for supper? Probably both. Mike, I have a question. Yeah? Uh, uh, I heard so many times people telling me that file a claim, and... uh, what is the best way to filing a claim? Claim of trespass, trespass, uh, robbery, and, and trespass on the case, and property, and false claim. Well, the important thing is um, to pick one wrongdoer and one thing that he did wrong. And you would have to, um, there's a few things you would have to think about. One being, is the man or woman your claim is against, is is it going to affect the statutory case against you? For example, if, you, if you're filing a claim against a cop for giving you a seatbelt fine, it doesn't necessarily mean that the statutory case would go away. Um, In a case like that, I don't know, maybe it would be that you would be suing the man acting as prosecutor because if you were taking him out, that would pretty much destroy their whole statutory case. And um, as far as deciding what wrong you're going to use to file your claim, I would say, especially if it's your first time trying to file a claim, you would want to pick something that's very, very obvious and easy to prove. Um, if you if you sue a man or woman, you file a claim against a man or woman for something, and you you make some kind of big mistake or a couple small mistakes, and you lose you can file a claim against that same wrongdoer for a different wrong that they've done, a different harm that they've caused. So just as an example, if a cop orders to see your driver's license, you give him notice you're a man, he pulls you out of the car, puts you in handcuffs, and takes you off to jail anyways, that's several wrongs that he's done. He's He's taken you away from your property. He put handcuffs on your property. He put your property in jail. All kinds of different things that he did wrong. But you would only pick one wrong at a time. 
and that way if you lose you could sue them for something else if you lose that you could sue them for something else um if you list 10 things that the, the wrongdoer did wrong and he proves that one or two things he didn't do then they're probably going to throw out the entire claim and if you list too many wrongdoers in one claim and one wrongdoer had no part of it then technically it's a false claim and the whole claim is garbage so everybody else is off the hook too so i think carl referred to it before or compared it before like when you're going to a restaurant you order separate things you don't you would maybe order steak and lobster and then you would order maybe spaghetti and meatballs and then you would order maybe uh i don't know something else french fries but you would make them all separate orders in case they don't have one you can still get all the others whereas if you order too many things at once they can't do it they'll just say no try again um in your situation i would say definitely the wrongdoer in question would be the trustee or the man acting as trustee um just my opinion i think it's usually a bad idea to go after the man acting as judge one because he's technically an impartial referee whether he seems impartial or not he is the referee he's not the opponent um it's the plaintiff or the plaintiff's representative the prosecutor or whoever is the one that's coming after you so it's usually not the judge you're angry with or that you have the problem with it's the one that's, that's actually attacking you and although you're suing a man not a judge it's not going to take them long to figure out that the name of the man your claim is against is a man who acts as judge and it might be a lot more resistant they might not let you get by with that whereas if it's just a man acting as prosecutor you're still going to have members of the legal society but not as bad as the judge just my opinion but um a lot of the times the judge does something or makes an order and you freak out because the judge made an order against you but it's the other side's attorney that proposed the order and there was a good chance that it was something that you wrote or said that gave them jurisdiction or gave them consent to something or tipped them off that you chose to be the defendant um so sometimes it's not always the judge that acted out of line it was your actions or inactions that either let the problem continue or get worse um if you keep it very simple just strictly according to law it's a lot easier but you still have to do a little bit of thinking just common sense to figure out if i do achieve my goal is it going to is it going to solve my problem but i would definitely say in your case jason is the one to go after
I think he's done so many things. There's so much of his own evidence. Uh, he pretty much hung himself on paper. I think uh, I think that's really the the main part of where everything went wrong for you. So um, the good thing is you already have a claim number. Um, but I think that I think that claim needs a lot of work. Um, I think there's still a few more things in your case that we have to wrap up, but the claim is probably pretty important. Um, at this point, I would say the case could go either way. They could find a clever way of backing out. They could test you a little bit harder, or they could just come at you full steam, try and just roll right over top of you. So kind of anybody's guess how it's going to turn out at this point, but I would definitely say it's a good time to uh, think about redoing that claim a little bit, amending it, because uh, although you served it, I'm not sure if it was served 100% properly, and uh, the wrongdoer has not answered yet, so you still have the option of amending your claim, and that could, it could basically be a completely different claim as long as you have the claim number you have somewhere to file it thank you very much appreciate yeah hopefully that helped a bit but uh we can we can work out the details when i uh or i'll talk to you on the phone or something in private and appreciate yes Hello. Hey. Is anybody else on the call? Um, apparently there's a bunch of people on the phone, a bunch of people on the board, but not many people talking. I see. They might want to make sure it's the real. Will the police mic really stand up? The real mic stand up? <laughs> they might not be unsure, you know. Who knows? So. It's been a pretty quiet night. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Jesse. Who's that? Jesse from Wisconsin calling in. I've been listening for about five, ten minutes. Hey, how's it going? Going all right. I've been I've been active this week. There's been some stuff going on. I got uh, I've been talking to Gus a little bit, and I've been uh, doing some of my own investigations and studying. And um, one of the things I realized with my case is that originally, when 
when this whole case started again for me, it's uh, this parental interference with parental custody placement felony, two of them. Um, I had made calls to the police before to report things, but when I was doing that, it wasn't like uh, a lot of times like the social services or the police that they just kind of know know you. They might not, they don't take you serious, or they don't they twist your words around, or they purposefully uh, may neglect to discover certain details. So one thing I was advised about after talking to uh, Gus for a little while was that. Uh, I should make my own report, like a public records report, and put it in my own writing and submit that to the, the peace officers dealing with the public record. And so that's one important step I took this week, and I made uh, four or five separate um, distinct reports that were all claiming a different thing um, on the report, so it was independent, like you were saying earlier, to keep your... Uh, Claims separate. I was keeping my report separate, but then when I uh, to make the report state, there was a detective, there was an officer that was taking the report from me. Now I recorded everything with my phone and I notified them of that as I was doing it. And then so the the officer, the woman acting as an officer, she was one of the people in this public records complaint against me in this case that they have against me. And she was one of the people that was doing wrong and slandering my name, uh, accusing me of, you know, connections to certain citizens, terrorist groups and stuff. So she was making statements in there of her own, saying that she knew this, she knew this of me or whatever. So I'm I'm making my, uh, I'm handing my report to her basically when I went to go turn it in at the police station, my handwritten report. And the detective came out because it was like a little bit, uh, you know, when I tried to turn it in, they saw somewhat what was going on. It wasn't normal. So then they wanted to send out a man or woman acting as an officer to talk, talk to me further and ask me about my report. And, and I basically just required that my, my original handwritten report, along with my Exhibit A being property in the picture, that everything gets submitted into the public record as I, as, like my my piece is also submitted into whatever public record that they make on their official com, uh, report. So um, the long story short of that, they uh, ended up putting everything in one case number instead of giving like four or five separate, separate cases. There's a, a, share, uh, a detective assigned to my case now based on my claims that uh, my property was trespassed on, harmed, injured, uh, abused, interfered with, and things of that nature. And now, um, so that's probably reached the prosecutor's desk uh, maybe today or the other day by now, so they should be aware of that. And I've got this uh, arraignment hearing coming up still where they're trying to arraign me on Thursday morning. So that's going to be where they're trying to Asking, I please do I understand what's going on, and I gotta, I gotta deal with uh, that. I don't have an actual claim filed yet, like a claim in the court claim. So I, I've only made public records uh, claim declaration, you know, to the police office station. So when uh, since that happened, they've been 
I can see it in their eyes. They're a little bit, they're a little bit taken back now. I think my phone is. Let me see if I can fix that. Are you guys hearing that echo? No, we're not. I'm not hearing the echo. All right. Yeah, I could hear everything. Um, I think yeah. you handled it pretty good. Um, I wrote a letter. Also to the man acting as a district attorney, and I basically just uh, did it real simple. Required more time for uh, before I can proceed, and then uh, I haven't heard back from him. He probably just received that today, Monday, and uh, I was going to follow up on that by either writing him another letter and trying to get it to him by Wednesday like a one-day delivery or doing a notice to the court prior to Thursday. But the thing is, they don't uh, they don't have to take anything that I submit as as per my legal person because they're sticking me with this lawyer. So if I just submit anything at all in any way other than the man, they don't have to really listen to it anyway. But I also sent a, I also sent a letter the man acting as my lawyer without my consent and required that he not give me his services. And I informed him that uh, by continually serving, I'm uh, representing on my behalf, it's harming me or it's harmed or harmed me, harms or harmed me. And I required him to cease and desist immediately and uh, also that he reply within three days. Otherwise, he bears all liability. Otherwise, his silence, his, con- his consent to bear all liability for any injury, harm, or loss uh, to I. And then I signed it, Jesse, a man, and um, dated it. Yeah, that that was kind of overkill and kind of aggressive. And, yeah, I, I don't know. I would have... Like it's think about if you were firing the maid, you just write greetings, Mary. Thank you for your assistance. I no longer require your services. Find your guards. Polite way of saying you're fired. I realized it afterwards, and I think uh, it was a little emotional because I I had tried to express that he not represent me prior, and then I felt uh, I know what you're saying. I agree, and then when I did that. I was still feeling like I better make it real clear to this guy because he didn't hear me last time, and I could have just kept it more simple. But it is what it is. I sent that to him. He might have got it today. And uh, so yeah, I, was, I was waiting. I don't know if the like you were just talking about a minute ago how that it might end up if you have like a criminal case or whatever ordinance statute violation that. Um, the fact that I made a claim. I didn't actually make a claim. I just made a public records report, and they gave me a police case number that they're investigating now. But um, be it as it is, I still did that. So that could cause some type of prosecution uh, discrepancy or like them taking the time to really see what is going on now and take the, the whole matter a little bit. Well, um, my guess... 
My guess is there's a very good chance that they're going to just go ahead with what they're doing and pretend that it doesn't affect them whatsoever. They can't just, every time they get a letter, they can't just say, ah, shit, we lose. Okay, yeah, you're right, you win, we're done. That's never going to happen. They're going to test you like crazy. But I would say, especially since you haven't been arraigned yet, It might be an idea to just write a simple notice, serve the prosecutor and file it into the case. Just something like, um, I, a man, am not ready to proceed. Uh, I require an extra, an additional 60 days to continue to settle this matter in private. Mm -hmm. And then just, I say here and we'll verify in open court that I'll hear and be true. Sign and date it. Now, when you say uh, do a notice, I can do a notice. Well, one thing I could do is attach Exhibit A, which is my letter, my copy of the letter I sent to the man acting as a prosecutor. No, don't do that. No, don't do that. No, if if I have a private conversation with Bob, and then I start telling you what the private conversation is. Now it's not a private conversation anymore. It's making it public. You can't do that. That's dishonorable. Oh, oh. just man, to, just man to man. Blah 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 blah. Oh, he said this in a private conversation. Like you're just being a little squealer then. Yeah. The purpose, the purpose of the man to man letters, is not only to hold him in the position of man, where he's liable for harm to another man, but it's also a chance because okay another thing is it's also building evidence that you tried to settle in private that there is no controversy he's just being an asshole now keeping it going for no reason but more important more importantly than that is the part that everybody seems to forget the whole idea of a man-to-man letter is to actually settle with your brother in private it's not yeah. to get evidence on him. It's not so you can set him up to kick his ass in court. That's all dishonorable reasons. Or if you can't settle in private, you don't just jump straight to watch me get this guy and sucker him in on paper. It depends on the situation, but that doesn't really seem very honorable. Mm-hmm. I think I think the proper I think the term Gordon Hall used to use is your come from. And I think you should be coming at this from the position where, okay, this is what he does for a living. It's not right. Maybe he can do that to citizens. He can't do it to a man. He probably doesn't know. I put him on notice. He still doesn't get it. Oh, well, I'm going to have to keep trying to settle in private. If he doesn't, at least I have evidence. But your actually main goal should be to try and make this go away. Try and get the guy to act honorably and realize that when he goes to work as prosecutor, he's going to have to find a way to back down. He can't just say, you win, you kicked my ass, you're right. But he's going to say something like, oh, a key witness, uh, he moved out of the state. Or maybe he's going to say, oh, there's a defect in the case. Or we lack certain evidence and and we're going to withdraw for now. They're going to hopefully find some way to weasel out honorably, some way where they're not going to embarrass themselves. They're not going to let the cat out of the bag, just kind of sweep it under the rug and walk away.
that's the main goal of all this. Yeah. Yeah. But having having all the letters as exhibit is a bonus. And yeah, it, it, it's always better. To, the goal is to be let alone. Just have them go away, leave you alone. You're going to be on the record. They're going to be able to look it up and go, holy crap, this guy almost kicked our ass last time and he didn't sue us. We should probably leave him alone. And the cops in your town too, if it's a small town especially, they're going to say, oh yeah, Jesse, I know this guy. Yeah, yeah. He, he could have sued the living crap out of us and he let us off the hook. As long as we let him go, he forgave us what we did. Oops, we made a mistake and he, he gave us the benefit of the doubt. And they'll think, wow, this guy could have slaughtered us and he, he was merciful. And they might look at that as being an honorable, respectable man. Mm-hmm. So honor in their system does go a long way. Obviously not with everybody, but judges and prosecutors, they don't want to be caught in full-on dishonor. It makes them look bad even amongst themselves. You can do shifty things as a prosecutor, but don't get caught in the public doing wrong, using the legal system to attack people. Mm -hmm. But, I don't know, judges have a certain reputation, however false it might be, but for judges to get caught doing criminal acts, blatantly caught red-handed, it looks really bad on their system, and they hate it. So they'll protect slimy prosecutors as much as they can, but when one's caught red-handed, they hang them out to dry. I noticed something when I looked through my my uh, discovery that they gave me, public record, and also the charging instrument. I got my red in there, and uh, there's a a one man named Bob. Is the prosecutor that I see every time I go to court, and I definitely saw his signature on one of the charging instruments. And then uh, I looked through there further, and there was something, there was another man acting as a DA for the county, and they were, they there was comments in the discovery where they were talking to somebody else, and they, they determined that these two men uh, were going to go full steam ahead at me, and they agreed that they would take uh, and prosecute this case. So it was like two mans agreed to do it. I'm only seeing one of them in court, but I saw it. I got both of their names, and I'm just wondering how that might affect or what what's really going on with having two prosecutors on that signed on the case. Well, my, just my first guess. I have no idea, but my first guess is one of them is the the guy you see in court is likely the assistant district attorney. And the other guy's probably his boss, the district attorney. But what that sounds like to me is conspiracy. But I wouldn't even bother with that right now. I think I would mostly deal with um, doing everything in private, honorably, respectfully, colorably. Like, going back, I kind of, I didn't say anything because you were still talking, but the term cease and desist, it sounds pretty ugly and it's legalese. It's a terrible, terrible legalese term to use when you're writing a letter or notice. Um, but when you're almost flat out saying 
piss off or I'm going to sue you, that's pretty much extortion. I, I wouldn't like it if, if the IRS sent me a letter saying pay your taxes or I'll break your legs. So it's not really proper for us to be doing it to the other side. Whether they're doing it to us or not, it, if they want to make themselves look bad, that's fine. But try and tone down the accusations and the language. And just because you got to remember, too, looking at the big picture, one day there could be 12 men and women sitting in a jury and they're going to be reading the paper and you're telling this guy, fuck off, or I'm going to sue the shit out of you. The jury's going to be looking at you going, holy crap, this guy's pretty aggressive. He's pretty mean. He's no better than the other side. So if the jury's looking at your letters, then your letters are like, greetings, Bob. Thank you for your letters. See a copy enclosed here. And what do you wish that I do? Holy crap. The guy's asked a very simple question and he didn't get an answer. Oh, look, he got a bunch of extortion in a letter here. Oh, this guy refused to answer him. And the other side can make themselves look really bad without your help. All you have to do is ask a question or two and get them squirming, get them jumping up and down and screaming. Make them hang themselves instead of us always hanging ourselves with our tongues, with our tempers, with our ignorance. You see, another thing, too, you got to remember, they're doing all this stuff on presumption of law. And at the same time, the burden of proof is on them. That's a pretty shitty position to be in. So I don't know if the burden of proof is all on them. Keep your big mouth shut and make them do all the talking. It's kind of like if you said you stole my bike. My reply would be, says who? What what evidence do you have? Where's your witness? What are you talking about? I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, I, it wasn't me that stole your bike. It was probably Billy, and I, I was at my grandma's house on the other side of town. Okay, now that all I have to do is find out from my grandmother that I wasn't there, and I'm a big, fat liar. I just screwed myself. Now I look real bad. I'm dishonorable. My word doesn't mean anything now. So it's better to just say, says who? You made the accusation I stole your bike. Prove it now, big mouth. And just, I would just leave all of the burden of proof on you. Your big words, your big mouth, you said it. Now you explain what you just said. That's one of the reasons why asking questions is the powerful position to be in. Because if you ask, if you make a statement, all I have to do is get you to prove your statement. And then when you make another statement to prove what you said, I question that statement too. And so now you're always answering to me and you're always trying to explain your words. You're explaining yourself to me. Mm -hmm. All all of a sudden I'm in the position of power and uh, he who asks the questions leads the con uh, controls the conversation. So if I ask you, what color is the car? Like I just brought the whole conversation to the color of the car. And then when you say red, I say, well, what color of red? And I'm, I'm always the one leading the conversation to where I want it to be. And you're always answering to me. So making the statements is usually a bad idea. Ask questions about their statements. Like another example could be if you get a letter, you could be 
you could write greetings, Bob, thanks for your letter, dated, whatever, copy and close. In your letter, you said, quote, and quote his, exactly what he said word for word, and then start asking him questions about his stupid statement that he made, which it could be anything like uh, define define you and yours or define person, define motor vehicle. It could be anything, but just use his own words and throw them right in his face. You said this, explain it. That's what they do to us in court. They say some stupid crap on paper and we just shoot our mouth off and all kinds of confessions, all kinds of consent, all kinds of jurisdiction giving. We got to learn to keep our big mouth shut. Let them do all the talking. When they, to, please, when they try to please, when they try to they're going to try to get me to talk because that'll be the one time they want me to talk. Yeah, see, I'll, that's another thing too. They're 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 scared of your paperwork. They, if you send a letter and you don't get a letter back, it doesn't mean that they ignored it. It means that they didn't answer it, they didn't reply to it, whatever. But they didn't ignore it. Um. Like when, if, if you send a letter to a man who acts as cop, there's a good chance he's going to bring it to the sergeant or the chief or whoever, and it's going to go straight to the legal department. They're going to make a decision on it, and they're going to give instructions on how to handle it, which is likely going to be ignore it. But it doesn't mean they ignored it. They took notice. It rocked the boat. Now they're going to be careful. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I kind of forget where I was going with that, but you don't always necessarily need an answer back. But in court, when they're trying to get you to plea, they're going to uh, request or require that you speak, or not require, but they're going to tell you that yeah. you got it. Yeah, that's where I was going with that. If you um, if you put in a notice and you've sent a few letters, they're going to be. They're probably, if you've done everything correctly, they're probably going to be nervous and they're going to know that they're beat if they try and fight this war on paper. And they might threaten you with warrants. They might do all kinds of crap just to get you to come in. And they might actually go so far as to have some guys in costumes put you in handcuffs and drag you into court. And, um, the the whole purpose of that is because they're scared of your paperwork. They can't answer your paperwork, certainly not on paper. So they're going to have to get you into court and get you to open your big mouth and negate all your paperwork. Because if you write all the paperwork, say I'm a man and this, that, and the other thing, and then you go into court and you start acting like a defendant, you're known by your actions. The paper means nothing now. You, obviously, your paper was confusion or lies or something. It doesn't count anymore. Likewise, if you write something really stupid on paper and then you go into court and say, oh, I take it back, they're going to pick the paper where you convicted yourself. They're going to choose which ones they're going to take. Dealing with the, the plea, though, when you, uh, when they try to make you speak and say if you're pleading not guilty, guilty, or no contest, then at that point you got to 
you should have your paperwork ahead of you before you go in there, right? You are expressing that a man is before the court and now a man is uh, making a plea of no plea? Well, there's no such thing as a plea of no plea. Um, but you should probably have paperwork in ahead of time. Like, you, you don't want to you don't want to overcomplicate things, but have a notice or two notices filed in there. Keep them both very short, very to the point. And then when you go into court, just stand on your paperwork. It doesn't matter. The judge will say, uh, how do you plead? He'll say, I, I don't understand what you're saying. Did you get my notices? And then he'll be like, I didn't get a chance to read the notices. We're just here to take a plea today. I don't understand what you're saying. Did you get my notices? Oh, well, if you don't answer this, we're just going to set a court date. I don't understand what you're saying. Did you get my notices? And just let them do whatever they want. And after court, if if you don't like what they said, write another notice. Before going in there, it's also uh, advisable to let the, write a letter to the man or woman acting as a judge and notify them that if they enter any plea on your behalf, that they'll be liable for the harm, injury, or loss upon the man. I would say that. I'd say for something like that, you'd be better off just filing as a notice. And not directing it just at the judge. Just say any man who acts on my behalf bears liability. So what about this getting around the fact that they're going to try to say my notices don't have to be considered part of their their uh, suitcase because they've assigned this attorney to me right now and he hasn't been released yet? Oh, just say I don't know what you're talking about. Did you receive my notice? And see, whether you have a lawyer or not, I don't know, I I guess technically it does make a difference, but see, have you you made the court aware that that guy's not working for you on paper? See, that was my first step this week. We we brought it up in court. You just talked about it, you mean? Yeah, we spoke about it, but she chose not to grant uh, what she called the defendant's previous request to uh, get a different counsel. And he he even said in court that I had notified him by way of the notice and by way of uh, leaving a message on the bathroom machine that I didn't require his services. What if the judge... What if the judge verbally granted prosecutor permission to whip you with a clothes hanger? He's just going to deny it. If it's not on paper, it never happened. Yeah, that's why I'm better. Yeah, you got to fire that guy on paper in in the court file. By writing him a letter first or doing a notice but through the letter? Telling, well, I already told him in the letter that I require him not to uh, represent me. But now I have to do that in the court file. Yeah, um... See, you can't go too crazy if you got court on Thursday. I would keep it very short and simple, but if you're pretty sure that they're going to be trying 
to keep this lawyer on the case, you're probably going to have to deal with that one properly. Um, I request uh, request to leave the court so I can get competent counsel. And then... uh, no, no requesting anything. See, see, there's a lot of little things like um, I heard you talk about your discovery. That's not your discovery. That's the prosecutor's discovery. How do you know if you don't speak Chinese? How do you know what discovery means? Right. Like to me, discovery or disclosure or whatever they call it is great, but it has nothing to do with the case. Maybe their case, but I don't know how to read it. It's got nothing to do with me. However, if I end up having to file a claim against this guy, now I have all his confessions. Yeah, exactly. That's when discovery or disclosure becomes important because then he hung himself with his own words. Look at all his documents that bear his signature. This guy says right here he took 30 marijuana plants. He stole a bunch of lights. Look at here. He says he took uh, a 44. He took, and then the officer's report, he's got a big list of all the stuff he robbed from your house beautiful but that's for that's for my claim that's not really for his case but he's aware though if he's not stupid once he starts putting the pieces together he starts to realize that you know what's going on and you know he has no case he's going to get an idea that you might know how to hold him liable as a man and that's when he's probably going to start changing his gears a little bit Yeah, I hope he changes them real quick and, and turns the car off. But I would, um, as far as Thursday goes, I would pretty much keep it very short and simple. Maybe uh, maybe some kind of notice saying, um, uh, I am in Jesse, uh, attend court on such and such a date. Uh, I wouldn't even maybe put a date, but I attend court as a man uh, without representation, see Exhibit A. And it could be the letter where you can the lawyer. And then another notice could be any man who acts on my behalf bears liability. And that's the whole notice. And then maybe another notice saying... uh, I am not ready to proceed at this time. I require an additional 60 days to continue to settle this matter in private. And then just just stick to those notices and don't say an effing word in court other than I don't understand what you're saying, refer to my paperwork. Or did you receive my notices? It doesn't matter what he says. I don't care if he asks you, is it raining? Would you like a chicken pot pie? It doesn't matter what he's asking you or what he's telling you. Like when he's talking to the prosecutor, look the other way. You can listen, but don't you dare blink. Don't look at him in disgust. Don't argue with anything he's saying. Pretend you don't hear him. He's speaking Chinese to another Chinese man. 
So you're not even looking at them. That conversation has nothing to do with you whatsoever because you don't know Chinese. But if the Chinese guy in a black robe looks right at you and says something to you, you don't understand what he's saying, so tell him, I don't understand what you're saying. Did you receive my paperwork? In other words, I said everything I need to say on paper, take it to an English translator. Yep. So you can you can get an idea, you can put your interpreter pants on after court and figure out what the prosecutor might have been saying, what the judge might have been saying, but don't pretend that you even have a clue what they're saying in court. Because as soon as you start answering them, if 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 a thing called a judge asks you if it's raining out and you say yes, Obviously, you understand Chinese. Obviously, you understand legalese. You're speaking back coherently. If a Chinese guy was talking to me, I'd had no idea what he was saying. I would say, dude, I don't understand what you're saying. Uh, I don't speak Chinese. Sorry. I wouldn't be telling him, oh, I wouldn't be answering. I wouldn't be saying Chinese words to him. If he was asking me questions, I wouldn't even know what he's asking. I couldn't possibly answer him. So if I can't pos- if I don't understand what the judge is saying and I don't speak the same language as him, I have no reason to answer any question. I couldn't possibly answer a question. But if it's all on paperwork, there's a written record of it. And he can argue with a piece of paper all he wants. The piece of paper is not going to change its mind and say something stupid. So as long as you can keep your mouth shut, your paperwork stands. And then if nobody uh, nobody pleads, then there is no plea. I was wondering, too, I had a thought that I didn't, I'm not sure if I followed it through in my own mind. But if this man is trying to represent my legal character in court or before the oh, court. Hold on. hold on, whose legal character? You created a legal person? I'm sorry. Well, the legal character that they're ascribing to the person, Jesse. So this other man is representing that legal fiction. But I man, the, uh, I man have a right to represent that legal fiction. As why, well. do you want, why do you want to do that? Well, why, I, do you want, I, why do you want, okay. With, see, you don't need to know all this, especially right now, but if if the government created a legal person that they can control, they can attack it at will. Why do I want to say it's my person and everything that person does is completely my fault? Okay, you're no. going to give us you're going to give a speeding ticket to a a person that you guys made up, a legal person that you guys made. It's just a fiction that doesn't even exist, but you guys made up this legal person. Then you said this legal person broke your rules, your legal rules. And now if I admit that I'm a legal person or a representative of that legal person, you're going to come after me, that Chinese person? Why am I pretending to be a Chinaman if Chinaman get thrown in jail? Any Chinaman, any Chinaman who operates a motor vehicle without a seatbelt goes to jail. Okay, well, glad I'm not a Chinaman. I don't have to wear a seatbelt. 
I'm glad I'm not a legal person or a motor vehicle operator. I'm I'm a man. Yeah, if you act as an agent, if you act as an agent as a man that controls that, then uh, the agent could make make clear that that legal fiction uh, entered no plea, did not enter a plea. Well, I don't know why you're getting into all this representation crap. Like, why? Why do you want to take any kind of liability for what a legal person did wrong? It's their legal person. It's their problem. Yeah, the man acting as a lawyer, I just don't want him to cause any confusion. Yeah, but you're you're making this confusion, talking about the the legal person's representative. What are you talking about? How do you, you, where did you learn this big Chinese word? Yeah, that's why I didn't have the thought call uh, all the way. Process and I didn't know if I was on the right track. Yeah, it's, again, it's just so much easier to say I don't have a freaking clue what you're talking about. Did you get my notice? That's by far the simplest way to handle it. Once you get out of court, you see they might, there's a good chance if you do it properly that they're going to continue to test you by saying, okay, well, we'll set up another court date within 30 days and I want you to consult an attorney or all kinds of crap. Who knows? You don't understand Chinese. Let them do whatever they wish. Just keep your big mouth shut. Let them say, okay, 30 days, we'll come back for an arraignment. Or in 30 days, we'll come back, have a status hearing and see if you have a lawyer yet there's a good chance that they're going to say, well, we don't know how to deal with this. We're going to wait another 30 days. Maybe they'll say, oh, well, if you don't have a lawyer by next, by next, uh, if you don't have a lawyer by next month, we're just going to set a trial date. Okay, whatever. I have no idea what you said, but okay, whatever. I hope you got my paperwork. And another uh, another point is um, just in case, I would bring four copies of anything you file to court with you. So if you say, I don't know what you're talking about, did you get my notice? And if he says, no, I don't, I don't see any notice, just say, I don't know what you said, but in case you didn't get a copy of my notice, I have a copy for everybody. And just start handing out notices, one to the prosecutor, one to the court clerk, one to the judge. You got your copy. And just sit there and stand on it like a broken record. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're saying. I don't understand. Did you get my notice? I just put my freaking notice in your hand. Can you read? Obviously, you're not going to say that, but that's pretty much the idea. You mean get up walk up to the judge's bench and hand it to her? Uh, depending on where you are, you might get in trouble doing that, but the prosecutor, he's standing right beside you, just hand him one. Maybe he'll take it, maybe he won't. Motion, like, hold one up to the bailiff, or... I tried that before, and, uh, they just ignored me. They they knew what was going on, so the bailiff wouldn't take the paper, and then the judge wouldn't say nothing. And I didn't want to go... So just, so just say, just say, I don't know why you guys won't take my notice. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really recommend it, but another possibility would be to put the notice on the prosecutor's desk right in front of them. You've been served again. Yeah. 
yeah, in case you didn't get my notice, here, I'll serve you again. Like, if he says, I didn't get your notice, you don't say, what do you mean you didn't get my notice? Because he totally understood what he said. If you say, in case you didn't get my notice, here's another copy, you've been served again. That way it doesn't really mean you understood what he said. I don't know what you said, but if you didn't get my notice, here's one. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but if you send it certified mail and you have proof that it was signed for and they received it, there's also a chance that when you sent it to the courthouse, it's been stamped. If you have a stamped copy, then it's pretty obvious that it's been properly filed. You got proof that it's been served. So they can say, oh, we're not taking it all we, all they want. But if it's already stamped and filed, they're going to look pretty silly taking it out of the file. Obviously, they don't want to get caught tampering with the file, making things go missing. That never looks good. Did mail it to them? Mail it to them instead of filing it? Yeah, I'm not from the U.S. or whatever, so I don't really know the whole process. But I would uh, send it send it certified with the signature return green card or whatever you guys call that. Yeah. Yeah, with the uh, tracking number and everything. The DA. Um, I would serve, well, what, who? Notice, giving the VA notice about, uh, not, well, not requiring more well, kind of Whoever, whoever the man is that's in court, I'm, I'm just guessing, but he's probably the assistant VA. Yeah. Yeah, I'd send it to that guy. But it's not a letter to him, it's a notice. And then you mail a copy of the notice to him, and then you mail a copy into the court. Oh, I see it, yep. Yeah, mail him the notice, not the letter. So he knows he definitely got it certified. Like, see, that's the thing, you can send the man acting as prosecutor, you can send him a man-to-man -man letter, and then you can send him a notice that you're going to file into the court case, which is public. And the two don't ever mix. Like, mm -hmm. you, don't, you don't bring your private shit into the public. That's the whole part, the whole point. You don't want to be out in the public with this. You want to deal with it in private. So you keep them completely separate. And that makes sense. Build, build the, uh, the paper, build evidence. Yeah, kind of think of it like you're making the separation between the man and the prosecutor. So when you're sending a man-to-man -man letter, think of it as the guy's sitting at home on a Saturday morning reading the mail, and he's reading your man-to-man -man letter, and he's going, holy shit, I got a problem. 
when I go to court, this guy's going to clobber me. So as a man in private, he's making the decision. He's not, he's not on stage with the big lights on, the curtain open, and he just got caught with his pants down. Now you've at least been honorable, and you gave him the heads up in private. Look, bud, I see right through your bullshit. There's no plaintiff. There's no harm, loss, or injury. There's no this, that, the other thing. You're letting him know in private in separate man-to-man letters that he's reading on a Saturday morning. So he knows when I go to work, I'm going to have to do something to fix this. So it's kind of like giving him a way out, mm-hmm. a way where he can say, okay, yeah, I made a mistake. I don't have quite as much evidence as I need to prosecute this case or, oh, well, there's a defect in one of the reports and that kind of throws the whole case off and we got to, we got to stay proceedings or we got to, uh, dismiss or null a prosecute or some kind of ridiculous way of just making it go away. Which is another thing. Some people have this idea that the proper way to handle it is to send is to send copies of these letters to everybody in their dog. And sometimes that's the wrong way to do it. Sometimes it is a good way to do it, but certain situations you want to keep it a close, a, a small problem. Deal with the problem. Somebody want to get that? You want to deal with the problem? Well, it's still between you and Bob and maybe Bob's boss is involved or something. But once you go dragging 30 statutory actors into it, now it's a huge scene and everybody is aware. And sometimes it's good if that's going to cause people to point the finger at each other and get wrongdoers to accuse other wrongdoers. But sometimes it just puts everything right out in the open under the spotlight. And they have no choice but to just hammer you hard now and shut you up. So you have to think sometimes, is it better to just give this guy an opportunity to make this go away quietly before I drag everybody into it and he can no longer settle in private? Because sometimes you're kind of tying their hands where they have to proceed now. Sometimes you don't want to rock the boat too hard. But again, it's like it's like the Bible says, uh, settle with your brother in private, like there and then. Don't don't wait for him to drag you into court because it's going to turn out bad. You're going to jail. An honorable man will settle in private, or at least make every attempt. But see, that's a huge dishonor too for the other side to be dragging you into court without trying to settle privately. Like even the IRS will send you three letters or notices before anything happens. They give you a full chance to, believe it or not, they actually try and act a little little honorably. I guess maybe they're just trying to cover their own asses, but they do it properly. They'll they'll give you three warnings, three opportunities, come back into honor. Makes sense. 
Yeah, another thing to think about, too, you always got to keep the jury in mind if it does come down to a jury one day. You want the jury to read your letters and notices, and it's going to be a complete story of everything that happened along the way. All your all your letters and notices are going to be exhibit. Maybe the police report and whatever else makes them look really bad. But the jury's what you're doing is you're you're telling them a story from beginning to end but you're doing it so short and to the point and such simple language that anybody can understand even even a five-year-old can follow along with what's going on on this day i sent a letter to bob on this day i sent another letter to bob because he didn't answer my letter on this day i sent them another letter this is the letter from Bob's attorney or whatever, but it's a very short, concise story. They're going to know the whole story in about five minutes from reading a, bu- a bunch of one-page letters that are actually only two, three sentences long, a couple of notices that are one sentence long. They're going to see the big four or five questions that Bob couldn't answer. It's going to be so clear, so to the point, they're not going to be able to wheeze a lot of it. But you want to, you want the jury to look at you as a super polite guy, the guy that was so patient and tolerant, the guy that was always offering some kind of opportunity to settle, some guy that was asking questions to get to the bottom of this so he knew who to pay. This is one of the greatest guys on the planet, and these guys are just prosecutors attacking him for no reason. I think that's one thing people got to focus on is show that you're the peaceful, honorable man and let them show that they're the asshole. They'll make themselves look bad enough. Another way of looking at it is because they operate under presumption of law, more times than not, they've already done the act. They've already caused harm, loss, or injury, and now you've caught them red-handed and they're going to have to back down somehow. They're going to have to back up and fix things because they're already stuck. It's not like they can avoid the problem. Now the pro- they've already done it. They're already guilty. Now they have to settle before you call them out. Well, before you publicly call them out. And depending on the situation, a lot of times the men or women, men and women that are doing the harm, loss, or injury, they're not even fully aware that they're doing something wrong. They believe they're just doing their job the way everybody at that office does their job, which is part of the reason why you have to put somebody on notice. Because if you accuse me of stealing your bike and then sue me, and then and then I realize that my bike is still where I left it and I grabbed yours. Yours looks exactly the same as mine. It was just a big mistake. All you had to do was contact me. But you went and sued me where there was no need for a lawsuit. So that's why you've got to give the other side proper notice 
again so one day down the road they can't just say, oh, I didn't know. And then you lose because he actually didn't know. So you got to give him proper notice on paper. That way when he says, oh, I didn't know I was doing something wrong, you say, bullshit, Bob, look, here's the letter. Here's another letter. Here's another letter. Oh, and here's a couple of notices. You're telling us you didn't know? The jury's going to say, ah, bullshit, or Bob, you knew. But it gets a little harder for them to attack you. And when you're the guy that's always being polite and honorable, you're always the one trying to settle. You're always the shiny, happy, try and fix it for everybody. And they're the ones that aren't cooperating. Just think to the jury (coughs) sitting there (coughs) reading this short, concise story. And they're thinking, (coughs) wow, what an asshole. If that happened to me, I'd be flipping out. This guy's so polite. This guy sent letters trying to settle in private. He did everything he could do to fix this. I'd be losing my temper. I don't know how that guy was so polite through all this. You're going to win the jury's heart. Just let the other side make themselves look really bad. It's not your job. They'll do a fine job all on their own. Which is, again, what I was saying before, they try and get us into court and shoot our mouth off and file 15, 30-page answers to stupid complaints, and they always get us to hang ourselves with our own tongues, make some accusation, get us all pissed off and defensive, and start shooting our mouth off. Works every time. Now it's time that we start doing it to them, start asking them questions. And let them start trying to backtrack. Let them come up with stupid answers. It's just like somebody tells a lie and they get caught in the lie. Now they have to tell another lie to cover themselves for the first lie, except that you catch them in the second lie too. So they got to lie a third time and their ball of lies just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Pretty much all this is in a nutshell get them to hang themselves instead of us hanging ourselves. Hey, Marty. Yep. Uh, Sounds like you're about done with that. Uh, Horse lady is on. And I, I believe she's got court tomorrow. They've been going through a trial on part of or the appeal or something. So when you get a chance, maybe you can call on her to come in and talk about what's going on. If you're up to it. Yeah, I don't know if uh, if Jesse's done for now. We can she can call in or whatever. Doesn't really matter to me. Yeah, I'm still. Right, I'll get up to you. I do. Yeah, I kind of missed that, but I don't know. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, I'll uh, I'll answer any questions. What's that with my iTunes money? 
Oh, those uh, law questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a claim coming. Hey, uh, um, uh, Rebecca, speak up. Yeah, don't just uh, don't just send me a claim. Send me some hate mail too. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yep. I mean, nope. No. Nope. <laughs> How's it going? Not too bad. I have uh, my appeal for tomorrow. Um, it's a little bit different because I've already participated in the court uh, stuff. So I don't know how to get out of what I've already done. <laughs> what, so court tomorrow is for a, an appeal that you filed? Yeah, for the appeal that I started is that I tried to do the um, I, the woman thing, and I got half of it into court, and then the judge shut me down. And basically, I didn't stand my ground, and he pretty much uh, went ahead with the trial without, you know, without recognizing the common law aspect of it. So then... uh, well, the good thing about an appeal is the worst thing that like the worst thing that can happen is he can say no. Yeah, but see what's going to happen now is they're going to bill me for all the time and all the costs and all the lawyer fees and all this other stuff too. Yeah, but you can deal with all that on paper. But see, more what my point is, it's not like tomorrow there's any chance that you're going to go to jail for a long time or anything crazy like that. They're going to try and stick you with a bill. No, the jail time is on uh, December the 10th because now they're seeking jail time in the the new charges. Yeah, see, you got to stay in contact more because I I, I don't know, I forget details of specific cases kind of quick. This um, is a, one of the three cases kind of all bunched up into one. Yeah, but the, you have to kind of keep them separated. So what do I do for tomorrow? Because it's the, their, their last day of their evidence that they're giving, and I've already participated in their arena, so they know that I do understand what they're saying. Yeah, I'm not really sure of how the appeal process works. Um, So what, like you've gone through like a a whole trial for this appeal? Went through the the tribunal and this is to, um, this is for the Animal Care Review Board, the appeal for their decision. The, to get the animals back nope. and no bill. Yeah, see, I uh, I don't really know anything about your appeal. Like, how how many days has the trial been on so far? It was the uh, oh, four days, five days last last month or something like that. Yeah, 
So what's going on tomorrow? They're just giving you the decision tomorrow? They're finishing up their side of the evidence, and then I'm supposed to give my side of the evidence, but like it's not going to matter because they've already lied on the stand so many times it's not even funny. So you're going to argue about them lying? Am I going to argue about them lying? Yeah, you're going to uh, argue about them lying? You're going to... What evidence do you have that they're lying? Well, that's what I thought. We weren't supposed to participate in any of their their stuff, so if you're trying to but, push it to the law. But see, the problem is, is you begged for an appeal. You asked to play their game. So if you want to play their game, it makes sense that you have to play their game according to their rules. Like you're the one that asked for it. They didn't in this particular case, they aren't coming after you. You're going after, I guess, technically the judge's decision. What yeah. what a, to, for my understanding, what an appeal is is you're saying that the judge or the prosecutor did something to violate their own rules. Yeah. Like, what yes. And they remove property without uh, without any reason to. Well, what was what was the grounds for the appeal? When I took them to the ACRB, which is the Animal Care Review, Review Board, all the evidence that we put in to show that they had uh, basically tampered with my uh, my vet. Um, forcing us to release that information to them. As soon as we did, that vet disappeared. Uh, refused to start, like, refused to talk to us after we released the information to the society. And then uh, we had left messages. She kept getting warrants to come on the property. But what was, what was, like? I'm not asking you how the story went. I'm just asking you, what was the grounds for your appeal? Like, did you say that my right to due process was interfered with because the prosecutor withheld evidence or something like that? Well, because she ruled against us and, and you have the right to appeal it, she didn't listen to any of the evidence that we gave. She just basically discounted everything and kind of went with what the society was saying, even though things were... Well, were anywhere, anywhere in your paperwork for just the appeal, did it say something to, something similar to, I appeal the decision based on dot, dot, dot? I have to go back and look at my paperwork. Because they might be treating this an appeal, this whole appeal like a joke and not telling you because you might not have filed the appeal properly. They might be letting you think that this is a proper appeal, but you can only attack, as far as I know, you can only attack the process they used to, came, to come to the judgment in error. You have to say that they actually handled the case wrong. It's got nothing to do with evidence unless 
say the prosecutor withheld evidence, or if you're saying that the judge failed to acknowledge the evidence, then you have to name that specifically in your appeal. You have to say that they did not follow proper procedure when they did this. So I'm not, I don't know, I haven't seen it. I don't know what the paperwork is, but I don't even know if you filed the appeal properly. Well, if they granted the appeal, wouldn't it be have been filed properly though? Well, if there's something wrong with the way you're doing it, they don't have to pay attention to it. They don't have to tell you what you're doing wrong. They can just shut their mouth and go on with their case and you'll lose anyway. So what should I do for tomorrow? Just go ahead and put in my evidence and hope for the best? See, that's the problem. I haven't talked to you. I have no clue what your evidence is. Like, what is... See, I don't, that's the thing. I don't know. I don't know what is the grounds you filed your appeal on. I don't know if your evidence has anything to do with the appeal you tried to file. But like, if you um, like, this is an exaggeration. But if you filed an appeal and you wrote, I I appeal the judge's decision because I don't think it's fair. That's not grounds for appeal, and you'll lose no matter what, because it's not an appeal. That's just your whining, complaining, bitching. It doesn't. It's not a proper a proper appeal. So if 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 you wrote something like I appeal the judge's decision based on the grounds that he ignored crucial evidence then maybe that's grounds for appeal. They didn't follow the procedure properly. And then if the evidence is relevant, then submitting the evidence would be fine. But if it has nothing to do with what you're doing or, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say without seeing any of the paperwork. Because I sent some of the paperwork to you guys. Um, yeah, I don't know if, uh, if you have a bunch of evidence and you're supposed to give evidence tomorrow, I guess you should probably give evidence. Um, I mean, you got, she has all those pictures about the horses that, you know, make him seem to be all right. She could use that. I don't know. Yeah, what, the horse is standing up so he's healthy? What kind of evidence is that? Uh, well, what, I mean, what more do they have? I don't know. I mean, I, I, that's something she could introduce just to to at least do something, but I don't know. I mean, it's... Yeah, but I don't like the judge's decision because here's a picture of my happy horse. The judge is going to be like, what, are you fucking serious? That's all you got? But the thing is, like, I can't get any I can't get any experts to come testify because they keep tampering with the experts. 
whether they hired them away or or what. Well, from the beginning, from the beginning, we told you that you had to start going a different route and start building a record. And now it seems like you haven't done that. You know, if you don't want uh, me. I'm sorry. Like I, like I don't, I don't know anything about how this appeal has gone so far. It's kind of hard for me to just tell you what I think you should do and I don't really know any of the any of the details. Hello? Hello? Okay. I this is just a suggestion when like he said we don't know all the details but she can what it sounds like to me without knowing every single thing that if it's her property, who have a right to tell her what to do with that property unless you harm the hurt it or abuse no, it. You know? No, this is a statutory a statutory case that she filed. Oh she but filed it, 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 why didn't she withdraw it? And just file you know you know, like a claim or something. Just withdraw it. Well, I don't know if she needs to withdraw it. I guess there is. Uh, yeah, I can't say again. I don't. I have no idea what's going on. But there is a remote possibility she could win the appeal. Um, she could wait for a judge's decision and see how it is and deal with it at the time. She could file a claim at any time, but she's nowhere near ready to file a claim. Well, yeah, I don't know. She, like I said, maybe withdraw and just write a notice who says she does wrong. But see, this is... A woman says she does wrong. But see, this is one of those cases that got all complicated and out of control. Oh, I mean, okay. Well, without getting on any more details, I mean, just sound off the top of my head what she said. But once again, I don't want to lead anyone in the wrong direction. So when I was hearing all the details, what's really going on? I mean, you can, it could be happy just that we don't know all the details exactly. Well, the problem is it's uh, there's a bunch of cases jammed together. It's a big, confusing mess. But she's hard to get a hold of. This is something that she's going to have to be working on like crazy. But like when you when you try and figure out what somebody's doing, and then you don't talk to them for another week or two, and then try and catch up to what they've done or haven't done, and then you don't talk to them for another week or two, it's kind of impossible to deal with a situation like this. Well, maybe she can just say she needs to continue to. Seek counseling for the situation. Not say lawyer, but a counselor. Um, and she needs to continue it. But you could, I think you allow up to one or two continue it. Yeah, but this is my appeal. This, this is what I started. Because they came, they came on my property and removed my property. And Yeah, but was, you're not... You're not appealing because they took your property. 
that's not grounds for an appeal. Like if if you come to my house and steal my skateboard, I don't file an appeal against you. Like you can't file an appeal based on they took your property. That doesn't make any sense. So what are you supposed to do? Well, an appeal is you don't like the decision that was made. Like if a judge makes an order against you and you don't like his order, then you can appeal the judgment. Yeah, there's one of those in another case. That's that's the uh, that's the other appeal that's going on. Then there's the new charges. But, the there's no, but see, this is where you're confused. There's no such thing as another appeal. There's no such thing as other charges. They're separate cases. They don't exist. You got to keep everything separate. You're never going to be able to deal with this if you're trying to handle four cases at the same time. Like you, you're not dealing with one. You're, you got to put things in priority and deal with things in steps. Okay, this case is coming up. This case is important. And this is the document I have to respond to. And you deal with it. And then you say, okay, now this next document is very important and I have to deal with this right away. And you take care of that step. And then you say, okay, next, this case is coming up and this is what I have to deal with. And then you deal with it. You can't just say, oh, I have to do this, 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 and this, and then I have to, you're just going to overwhelm yourself. You're going to confuse yourself. But that's why you have to be available to communicate with to figure you should be writing a letter or a notice every day to somebody somewhere some case or another you should be dealing with this like crazy you got a lot of stuff on the go you got to put the brakes on but how do you get the notices in if they're not accepting them at court see I, I again I don't I don't know what notices you filed. I don't know what notices you're trying to file. I don't know how you're serving them or filing them. Like I really don't know all the all the small details. Like if you told me something, I'm I'm not even kidding. If you told me something six weeks ago, I probably don't remember. I I got a bad memory to begin with, and I talked to so many people about so many different cases. I can't remember all the little details. I don't even bother trying. That's why I love keeping things very short and simple. But if I don't talk to you every couple of days, I'm not going to be able to muddle my way through your complicated case. Well, this... Um, this thing tomorrow is for this the uh, property that they took on March the 5th. But it's then, not but it's not for the property they took. It's an appeal. This case is only about what part of their process that they didn't do correctly. It's got nothing to do with that they took your property. It's got to do only with they handled the court case wrong. They broke the rules of their court case. Well, the warrant alone doesn't have a time on it. It's supposed to have a time. It wasn't filled out properly.
And that's all on, on this March the 5th time. And then the new charges stem from this March the 5th of them coming on and taking the property. Yeah, but tomorrow has nothing to do with the new charges. No, tomorrow has to do with whether or not I get the property returned to me. I don't, I, I don't think that the hearing tomorrow has anything to do with whether your property gets returned. I think tomorrow the only decision the judge is going to make is did we handle court properly or did we break our own rules? That's all the hearing is about tomorrow. Did we follow the rules or didn't we? And you have to tell them what they did wrong. If you didn't tell them what they did wrong, or if you tell them what you think they did wrong and they don't agree, they're not going to rule in your favor. The easy appeals system is a bit of a joke because even if you win the appeal, they're going to send you back to the other judge. And the other judge gets to make a decision. Okay, well, this other judge says I, he thinks I made a mistake. I say, screw the other judge, my decision stands. And then you'll have a new decision you don't like. You'll have to appeal again. So it's a bit of a joke, the appeal system. I think, <laughs> I think the best thing about filing an appeal, for one, it's a bit of practice and experience if you have the time and energy to handle it. And number two, when you file an appeal, You'll get the transcripts, you'll get the final court order and writing, you'll get copies of any contracts, you'll get all the information. If you buy it, but, they won't give it to you, though. No, you don't have to buy, buy it. If you file an appeal, you automatically get all that stuff, as far as I know. No, they, they're telling me that I have to spend another $2,500 to get my transcripts for the first trial. Who's they? The, the court, the judge, the court clerk. Okay, well, the court, the judge, the court clerk are three different entities. Well, all of them are saying the same thing. Well, who's the court? The judge said the same thing, that I had to order the transcripts. The crown attorney said they had to order the transcripts. And the uh, court reporter, the court clerk, said I had to order the transcripts, and it's going to cost me X amount of dollars. Did you tell any of them to put it in writing? Put it in writing? No. Yeah. Yeah, just say thank you, my good man, for informing me that I have to order the transcripts and it's going to cost me $2,500. Just put that in writing and sign it. No problem. Just put it in writing and sign it for me. See, the thing is, if they told you something in court, it never happened. If you order the transcripts, it might be in the transcripts. They might take it out. It might be inaudible. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know how you worded your appeal, but it sounds like you may not have worded it properly. 
So tomorrow so, is is tomorrow the last day of trial? Tomorrow is the last two of their witnesses, and then the next day is my witnesses, such as it is, because I don't have any experts that will testify. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure how much time you need to fix stuff like this. Um, yeah, with court tomorrow, that's not a whole lot of time to, to figure this out. And Mike, yeah, this. I mean, I, I just have a question on this case. Sounds real familiar. We got a case going on similar here that it's been on the news for the past few months. You know, there's been a couple of cases with ladies out with horses that have been. You know, they're saying they've been neglected, abused, and all that kind of stuff. And. uh I was just wondering, is this from Colorado Springs? No. I'm in from Ontario. Oh. Yeah, well, this lady's appealing her case, too. And, um, I mean, I don't know who she is. I haven't talked to her, but she's been in the news a lot. So... But I've been listening to the call, and I think Mike's right. It, it takes time. You know, you might need to... Oh, you've been trying to buy time already, but... but see, this is this is a problem I have a lot of times with people is um, they get a hold of me, like, the last two or three days of trial. Like, today, tomorrow is the last day to present evidence. And I have no no idea what's going on with the case. It it's kind of hard to figure out what's going on with the case, and what is evidence, what is an evidence, and get it in first thing in the morning, the day of court. It's just kind of crazy to try and pull shit like this together at the last minute. Yeah. Let's see on the chat. I'm back. Um, and she's challenged jurisdiction and everything already, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on in the statutory case. In the appeal one? I, I did just the first day, and then he said he kind of shut me down on that, and he said um, that he was going to go ahead because it was an equity court, well, hold on. You can't uh, you can't challenge jurisdiction when you brought the appeal. Of course, they have jurisdiction. You ran to them begging for them to hear your case. You can't challenge jurisdiction in your own case. That's ridiculous. Well, the previous case, you can challenge jurisdiction at any time. Yes. Yeah, and the case is never closed. You can go back in that case. Hundred years from now. He's the one on the new charges. I 
stood up in court and keep set a pretrial, but he said he would argue jurisdiction on the tenth. That's for the new charges, and now they're seeking jail time from the March fifth stuff. So have you gone to court for the new charges yet? Yeah. And basically, you... I just, I've been biding time and trying to get longer, and and uh, they set a date for pretrial now for December the 10th. For so, December who went, so who entered a plea for you? I haven't entered a plea. That's the strange thing. They never asked for a plea. Somebody entered one. No, nobody entered one. Well, that's easy then. Ask uh, the prosecutor when the arraignment will be. Because they they wanted to know if my husband would appear because they charged him as well. And I said, no, he's working. He won't be appearing. And I said, uh, show me the man or the woman that I've caused harm to. And they kind of like didn't know what to say. And... They wanted to know if I had a lawyer. I said, no, I'm without legal representation. I don't understand what, don't understand your legalese nonsense. And um, they basically went ahead and set a, a date for um, the pretrial, but he said, we'll argue jurisdiction on, like, next month. And I asked him, well, who do I send my bill for my time, for compensation for my time of appearing? You just said that in court? Yeah, and he basically said he would deal with it on the 10th. Yeah, he won't deal with it on the 10th. He doesn't give a shit what you said in court. If it's not on paper, it's not going to help you. You're just making noise in their court. You may as well be in there shaking a can with a rock in it. They don't, okay, they don't give do a shit. I, how do I get them to take the papers? Because they're not, they won't take... Well, I don't don't know what you're doing, so I don't know what you're doing wrong. But it seems like you're making a lot of mistakes. Um, But if if they set a pretrial date, that means somebody entered a not guilty plea on your behalf. So if, if you didn't enter a plea and nobody's entered a plea for you, Somebody screwed up big by setting a, a pretrial date. They can't set a pretrial date or a trial date when there's no plea. So technically, they haven't arraigned you. They forgot a step. Like, the arraignment is kind of a big thing because, well, for them, it's a big thing because that's where they ask you, are you guilty, not guilty? How do you plead? And then as soon as you plead one or the other, you give jurisdiction. Yeah, see, they never asked, and I never said anything. Like, I didn't, I never said, so they didn't, they didn't get the guilty, not guilty. Well, what's the name of the man or woman who's acting as prosecutor? Um, she sent me an email saying that she was going to seek jail time. I think it's a deed or something. Okay, but that has nothing to do with the question I asked you. What is the name of the man or woman who's acting as prosecutor? 
prosecutor as a crown? Yeah. That's that Deidre person. So write a simple letter, greetings, Deidre. Um, when will the when when will the arraignment be in the matter of and then put the case number in single quote. Signed regards. Okay. Because without saying anything, she's going to read it and she's going to say, holy crap, she knows what she's doing without actually saying she knows what she's doing because she's going to know we are going ahead with a pretrial date and she just called me out that I haven't held an arraignment yet. I just screwed up big and she caught me. Now I have to back up. We have to hold an arraignment. It's going to piss her off. When will the matter be arraigned? When when will the arraignment in regard to, and then put case number, whatever, in single quotes be? Or when, when, when will you hold the arraignment in regards to, and then put the case number in single quotes? When will you hold the arraignment in the matter? And then the case number? Yep. Um, put greetings, Deidre. When will you, Deidre, hold a hold an arraignment in regards to? And then the case number. And do I hand that to her? No. I, oh, yeah. I see tomorrow's. Oh, yeah. You don't. You don't have thing tomorrow. No, I would send it to her. Uh, that one that you're talking about is the one on the tenth. The one tomorrow is for my appeal. Or for my my non-appeal. Yeah, you shouldn't really be all that worried about the tenth right now if we got the court thing tomorrow. Well, see, the the charges on the 10th are... On the 10th. Yeah, uh, but, like, tomorrow is dealing with what's going on on the 10th, too. Like, it's all... Tomorrow stuff is... No, no, it isn't. What's going on tomorrow is going on tomorrow. What's going on on the 10th is going on on the 10th. Not to mention... They're two different case numbers. They're two separate cases. Okay, so if they if they rule against me tomorrow and on the tenth it goes forward. Okay, what if what if you win tomorrow and on the the tenth it goes forward? Yeah, isn't that kind of asinine? No. Because the ruling still stands until it gets changed. That's what I was just saying before. If you win the appeal, this judge is basically saying, yeah, I think that judge might have made a mistake. And then you're going to take that letter from this other judge and say, see, Bob, Steve says he thinks you made a mistake. And he's going to say, I don't give a shit what Steve said. My ruling stands. And then that whole appeal was a waste of time, even though you won. Yay! 
the other judge says, I don't care what another judge says. I'm sticking with my ruling. <coughs> and then you have to appeal his decision that you think you should have won the appeal. So what's the best plan for tomorrow is just go ahead and present evidence or? I would say if, um, see, I, I'm not sure about the appeal process. I don't know how much luck you'll get getting more time, but if you can get more time, you could, you probably need it. Another way of looking at it is it's just an appeal and you, generally you can expect to lose an appeal unless you got a really, a really solid case which it really doesn't sound like you have you're going to have your you got to have your shit together pretty tight if you're going to win an appeal in their system well they made, a, they made all kinds of mistakes in their case like on their side with the warrant not being signed and not dated and timed and <coughs> yeah i don't know it's it, the fact it, it's they waited so long to go in for they got the complaint on one month and they waited like four months before they actually went in. Yeah, but I don't think that makes a difference. Yes, it does because they didn't act in a timely fashion. What are you talking about? You're telling me if if I'm a cop and I get a report that you're dealing cocaine, I'm not allowed to do an investigation first? They didn't investigate though. How do you know? Because they, they have their notes. There, there's no... Every time that they attended the property is in their notes. Okay. So what about when they're at home reading over the case file? What about when they're sending emails back and forth? What, what about when they were talking to your doctor? Like, you don't, you don't think them talking to the vet was classed as investigation? Like, you think they did no work on your case whatsoever? It makes no sense that you're saying they did no investigation. Well, they hired my vet away. They left me without a vet. Yeah, I don't know. You're kind of missing the point a bit. Um... See, if the warrant wasn't correct, that's probably part of a problem, but I don't know if that actually matters for your appeal because I don't know how the statutory case went. Because again, the appeal is based on the, the decision where you lost. Yes. So if you, if you, if you didn't, but you can only appeal things that you brought up in the case. So in the case, the statutory case, not the appeal, but the case you lost, if you brought up information about the warrant, you can bring information about the warrant up in the appeal. But if you didn't talk about the warrant in the statutory case, you cannot talk about it at the appeal. You can only talk about what was on paper and what was ignored, what was not done properly. 
see, that's why I'm at a bit of loss about what you should be doing tomorrow because I have no clue what you did in the statutory case. I have no clue what you've done in the appeal. Like, this is one of the few times where two cases have something to do with each other because the appeal is filed directly as a result of the case that you lost. So those two cases are connected. But everything else is pretty much a separate issue. Like, I don't even, a little off topic about tomorrow, but I don't even know why, why or how the new charges came about. It's not really that important right now, but as soon as they try and slap new charges on me, I'd be all over them. But I don't know, I'm just trying to figure out what you should do tomorrow, but not knowing how the statutory case went, not knowing about anything in the appeal, I'm not really sure what is evidence and what isn't. Um, I would say maybe whatever evidence you have, just throw it all in there and hope for the best. But I would say the main focus is anything you brought up in the statutory case that should have shut the statutory case down and they ignored. Anything, anything like that that you have in your appeal is probably important. So if you said that they had no jurisdiction in the statutory case, and then in your appeal, you wrote they had no jurisdiction and they proceeded anyways, that would be a problem for them. If you challenged the warrant in the statutory case and you mentioned that you brought up the warrant in your appeal and they still ignored that and went on with the statutory case, that is something because they ignored evidence. Which is what they did. But see, that, that is something that you can appeal for. if you. If you handed in evidence properly and they flat out ignored it, when that should have shut the case down, that is an appealable thing. But, but see, I would, it, I would focus on things they did wrong in the case, not necessarily... Um, I don't know, I guess it kind of depends on, this, on the individual event, but I, I don't know if I would focus so much on what the men and women for the, the SPCA was doing. I think more the focus would be what you brought up in court that was wrong and they ignored it and ruled against you anyways. Whatever, whatever they did wrong in the, in the original case, and you mentioned it in the appeal, that's probably your strongest point because pretty much anything else is irrelevant. Your appeal has to mention what you brought up in the statutory case and they ignored. Okay. But you can't just say, oh, you couldn't rule against me because that was my property you're going to have to say I provided evidence that it was my property and that you had no jurisdiction and that you proceeded against me anyway. You could say 
I brought up in the case that there was no warrant. I brought up there was no warrant in my appeal. And that would be something to stand on. But think procedural errors in the case, stuff you mentioned in the case and your appeal. So if you can if you can find a few things like that, that's that's probably what you should stand on the most. Okay. But saying that the ruling was no fair because look how happy and healthy my horse looks, that's not gonna carry the day. That's not the purpose of the trial or the appeal, I mean. But um after court, are you going to have time to talk to Vital and I? Probably, yeah. Because uh, depending on how things go tomorrow, I, I I don't know if I'll think of something new, or it also depends on what happens tomorrow. But um, if you're going to try and fix the appeal, you're going to have to act really quick. But it, I think it might be a good idea to try to get more time too. I don't know how the appeal process works, but if if you could if you could get like if you could say that you're not ready to proceed, you require <clears throat> another idea might mean might be um that uh <clears throat> you apologize, you have not been able to uh get all your evidence together. Uh, in a timely manner and you require an additional 30 days to um, to get your evidence filed. Well, we filed mm-hmm. for Freedom of Information Act under the uh, Freedom of Information and they still haven't sent all of the... Uh, there's absolutely no police reports in any of the stuff that we got. Well, that, w- that would be good and you would be doing it in writing, what Mike just said. Yeah, that's probably a good reason to get more time. If you did a, a freedom of information request or whatever, and they haven't given it. See, I'm not because sure. Is there something specific you're looking for? Because in in the statutory case, they should have given you full disclosure. Well, they gave disclosure, but there's not one police report in any of the disclosures that they gave. Some of the stuff that we have received is like, uh, audio tapes of of the hearing, whereas when they're here, when their witness testified this time, their testimony went from, oh, there was nothing wrong, a little bit of here, a little bit of trim here on his feet, to oh my God, the horse was like limping, and six months later he was lame, and all this other, like he threw his whole uh, testimony way out of proportion. And his first testimony. Well, do, you have like do you have transcripts? I have audio tape of it. Because if if this if 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 you haven't put any of this on paper, it doesn't count. Like the judge, he sits on the bench and he opens the file, and he looks at the prosecutor and says, "What's going on?" And the prosecutor rambles off for a bit. The judge looks at the file a bit, and they throw the book at you. The judge doesn't give a shit what you say. He doesn't care what happened in the case. He gets in a car accident on the way home. A new judge is there the next court date. That guy sits on the bench. He opens the file, and he says to the prosecutor, what's going on here? And the prosecutor rambles off for a bit, and he throws the book at you. 
that's pretty much the routine. They don't give a shit what you're saying unless you say something that incriminates yourself. But if their witness says something on the stand and then their witness comes and says something different on the stand, it's up to you to do something about it. Don't expect the prosecutor to shoot his own his own witness. It's oh, not going to I know that, but how do you bring that evidence into court? Like, how do you say that, you know, your witness lied, basically? Well, if you're in a statutory case, I'm guessing you're going to have to file some kind of a motion. Um, I don't know. I think pretty much anything in the statutory case has to be done by motion which kind of sucks. You're going to have to probably, I'm just guessing, I don't know how you've been doing things or if you've been doing things properly or not, but I'm guessing you should be downloading a motion form from the Ontario whatever court website. (coughs) Just Google Ontario court forms and there'll be one probably called motion in brackets general. Actually, I think you'd be looking for a notice of motion and then a general affidavit. I don't know if that's how how you've been doing it or not, but I think you're supposed to file a notice of motion and attach an affidavit to it. Uh, Saying what? That there's evidence that the one witness... I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't. I I don't really know a whole lot about the statutes, but I'm guessing it would be something like a motion to dismiss, um, and then your affidavit would explain, short and to the point, that the witness lied on the stand, that they had no jurisdiction, that the warrant was bullshit. I don't know. List out a few of the reasons why why this whole thing's a hoax. Okay. Like, I don't know if it's a good idea at this time, but another option would be to um, file a motion for, I guess not in the appeal, but in the statutory court, you probably could have filed a motion for contempt for the prosecutor not obeying the court rules. which would have been good evidence for your appeal. Okay. But no matter what you're doing, you have to start getting this stuff on paper. Like if some woman named Betty calls you up and she tells you a bunch of crap, tell her to put it in writing. And then as soon as you hang up the phone, write her, see, I wouldn't do anything on the phone, but if you get anything in the mail, or if anybody says anything to you in court, or if the prosecutor says anything to you in the hallway at the courthouse, there's nothing stopping you from writing a letter the next day. Okay. Like if, if you get a letter from the prosecutor saying, oh, you're required to do X, Y, and Z before such and such a date, you can send them a letter back and ask them about it. Or if if the prosecutor says something outside, you can write a letter the next day and say, greetings, Betty. Um, 
during our meeting yesterday, you said, quote, blah, blah, blah. And then you get it on paper. You didn't get her to put it in writing, so you put it in writing. Just to follow up on our conversation yesterday, you told me X, Y, and Z. What law do you rely upon? What law leads you, what leads you to believe this is true? Blah, blah, blah. So if somebody says something to you in court, write them a letter the next day. Okay, well, their lawyer said that if I can find evidence that I had contacted them after a certain date, he would end my case. So what do I do about that? Just that what writing. was that? So if I can find evidence that we contacted them, the society, from a certain date, that he would end my case. Do you have the evidence of that? Well, he said it in court. Do you have transcripts of that? I don't know if it would be on the transcript. Because if you had the transcripts where he said that, and then you had the evidence that he mentioned, then I would definitely write to him. Okay. So this um, <coughs> so this Freedom of Information Act thing you did, was that for the appeal? That's pretty much for everything. I've been trying to get information from them for the last little while. So there's no such thing as for everything. Well, for my case. Was it for your appeal, or did you... Did you make the freedom of information request during their statutory case, or did you do it for your appeal? It, uh, there's about five or six different freedom of information things requesting different things. There's some for the 2012 stuff. There's some for the 2015 stuff. Okay, but you're trying to throw too many things in all at the same time. Is there, okay, when their statutory case against you, you, let's just say you filed two freedom of information requests and they didn't answer you. And right. then if, and then if you brought up those two freedom of information requests that have not yet been answered, if you brought them up in your appeal, then that's huge. And that's definitely, if nothing else, it's a good reason for them to give you more time and for the judge to order the other side to give you the information or to order who, I don't know who that would be, if it's through the police station or what, but. Well, see, the, the society is saying they don't, they're not subject to the freedom of information. Well, Mr. Mrs. Society, who's the society? Who told you that? The Freedom of Information people. Well, there's, no, 
There's no such thing as the freedom of information, people. Like, did Bob tell you that, Bob? Forget the name of the lady that I was talking to. I have it written down somewhere, but she said that they're not subject to the freedom of information. So I filed another report, another request with them specifically with the society, and I have yet to hear. Well, see, you keep saying the freedom of information people, the society, it's going to get you nowhere. But who who are the freedom of information people? Like, just as an example, if I wanted to, if if there was an incident involving the police, and then a week later I wanted the report, I would go down to the local police station, I'd go to the Freedom of Information desk, and I would ask the man or woman at the Freedom of Information desk for the information. And I would have to fill out some kind of application, pay a small fee or whatever. But the Freedom of Information people, is, is, is the Freedom of Information office in the police station? I filed a form with the police station, paid a fee. I also filed a form with the actual Freedom of Information Ministry and paid a fee. And I have yet to receive anything from anybody. Okay, did they send you letters saying that they're not giving you the information? They haven't just they haven't sent anything. And you didn't follow up on either one of them? I sent them another letter, but I haven't received anything. They're not they're not responding to me at all. Okay, see that might be important uh, important exhibit. Um I don't know about every Freedom of Information Act that you filed. I don't know what they're all about. But if you have evidence that you filed a Freedom of Information request and they haven't answered it yet, that's a good reason for getting more time. If you filed five of them and they're all relevant, then you could say, I'm not ready to proceed. I require more time due to the fact that Mary, woman acting as prosecutor, has not provided me with several Freedom of Information requests, the Exhibit A, or the Exhibits A through E or whatever, and put all the Information Act requests you filed as exhibit. But see, again, in their statutory court, you're probably going to have to file a motion. And I don't know how happy they're going to be to accept motions. The, the clerk probably won't know anything that's going on in the case. You would probably accept the motion, but you would probably have to, again, fill out a notice of motion and attach an affidavit to it and then serve it on the other side and then properly file it. But... Uh, tomorrow comes pretty soon. Um, have you tried to file things just walking in and filing it with the clerk at the desk? Yeah, basically what they say is they're not taking it. Are you filing proper motion forms, like on their own forms? The only thing that, the only thing that they accepted was the paper that, that I requested my appeal. 
That was the only thing that they accepted. To grant the appeal. So you filed a whole bunch of motions in their court and they didn't even hear any of your motions? They won't even accept the motion. Or the notices or whatever. Yeah, see Whose they, court is it? Yeah, see the the problem is is you ask mommy for a cookie, she says no, and you go away pouting. And then you come back and say, can I have a cookie now? And she says no. And you go away pouting. You go back to mommy and say, can I have a cookie now? And she says no. You, you haven't been holding them accountable. You haven't been following up. So they don't they don't give a shit what you say now. They know they, they can ignore everything and you're just going to go away. But they've been interfering with your right to access the court the whole time. And you've done nothing about it. I wouldn't really say just do nothing about it. I've written to the Crown Attorney. I've written to the Attorney General. Yeah, I don't know how you're writing, but the letters probably weren't that great. Um, See, another thing, too, is in their court, you're just a defendant. You're a little peewee. You're a pain in the neck. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, another thing that's a big pain is you're not getting a lot of this stuff you're not getting in writing. So it, it's impossible to use it until you establish it on paper. Um, so when, when you were, when you were serving and filing the motions, how did you do it? For the appeal? appeal? No, like in, in, in their case, when you were trying to file motions and they wouldn't accept them, like how are you serving and filing them? At the window, she wouldn't take it. Yeah, but that... Yeah, but you, you, I asked you how you served it and filed it, and you answered without the window she wouldn't take it. That's got nothing to do with what I asked. The the appeal, I sent registered mail to get the appeal. I, I'm not talking about the... I said in the statutory case, when you tried to file motions and they wouldn't accept it, how did you serve and how did you file the motions? The one was in court right on the day, tried to give it to the judge, and he wouldn't take it. Okay, well, that's proper for him not to take it. One, you don't serve the judge, you serve the prosecutor. And another thing is, you don't just walk into court with a fistful of documents and say, take that. You have to, you have to file it ahead of time. You have to give everybody proper notice. You can't just ambush them the day of court with a whole bunch of documents. Like if you properly file a document the morning of court before court starts, they might give you more time so they have a chance to review the documents. 
But most times they'll just say, no, we're not accepting that because it's not filed. They don't have to. The judge can only see paperwork that's properly served and filed and in the case file correctly. So if I wanted to file papers in the morning, could I file it with the court clerk? Well, are you going to see, are you going to see the prosecutor before court? Or does the prosecutor have an office at the courthouse? Well, tomorrow it won't be the prosecutor. It's my, myself against the other side and their lawyer and the judge. Well, who's, are, are you going to see the lawyer before court? Like, I, I don't know, I don't know how it is, but that, when you go to court, do you usually see the lawyer for the other side standing around with their clients or hanging out in the attorney lounge or? Usually about you, five minutes or so before court starts. Do you know where the attorney's office is? He's an attorney from out of town. He's not local. They've brought in an attorney from out of town. Um, you could probably. Are you going to have a witness with you tomorrow? Like not like a witness in the case, but are you going to have a, a friend or somebody with you? Probably, yeah. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't get family to do it, but if you get a friend or a neighbor or somebody, I I would say you could get them to serve the prosecutor five minutes before court and then go into the office and file it and hope they don't call your name before you get it filed. And then um, you could go into court and try and see if they'll if they'll accept your notices, as long as you have copies for everybody. But I don't know how that's going to go. But if you're just looking for more time, they might give you more time. It's kind of hard to say what they're going to do. She has court tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, if I, if I were you, I'd do that because when I um, showed up late to court one day, I was um, I was like busy to get my I was trying to get my notices in there before you know court, and I ran down to the prosecuting attorney's office and I um, asked her to stamp it. She's like, "Well, the um, prosecutor is over at the court and he has the case file with him, so just go hand it to him and serve him while he's there," and he accepted them, you know but I'm not sure how her situation is. She said that they weren't accepting her notices for some reason. Yeah, and in in your case, what I would have done was just said, okay, uh, hopefully I'll get to see him before court, but can you just stamp this received and hang on to it in case I don't get a chance to talk to him? And she probably won't argue. She'll probably take it and stamp it and get a copy of it and then go and serve him. That way, just in case he wants to stick up his nose at you in the hallway, oh, well, at least your, your secretary accepted it. Ha ha. But he doesn't have a secretary because he's out 
from out of town, though. The lawyer. He's talking about the clerk. And the, is that the clerk in the courtroom? No, I, I was actually talking about the other guy where he went to the attorney's office and the attorney oh, the was... office, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think I would probably get to court nice and early and as soon as you see him, serve him and then go and file it immediately. It's not saying that they'll accept it for sure, but see, there's another thing too is there's a possibility when you go to file it, the uh, clerk of the court lady might say something like, well, I don't have the file here. The file's on the judge's desk or the file's in the courtroom or whatever, in which case I would say that's fine. Just, uh, just, time stamp it or whatever and uh, give me a copy of it. And when you get the file back, you can put it in the file. I'll also be bringing a copy of it to the judge and the prosecutor anyway. Yeah, in my case, what has happened in situations like that is they'll accept it and then go up to the uh, clerk in the courtroom and put it in the file. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to say. Different courthouses, they have their own different processes and procedures, but The best you can do is be very polite and respectful and try the best you can to make sure everybody gets it as soon as possible. But okay. I would I would I would definitely say I apologize. I have not been able to um get I don't know get my evidence together properly. Um I require more time, but I would apologize to say uh sorry I I tried. It kind of, even if they were to consider you what they refer to as a pro se litigant, they're still supposed to be a little tolerant that pro se litigants are just dumbasses pretending to be lawyers. So they're supposed to, they can't give you legal advice, but if you're close, you're just a little bit off, they're supposed to steer you in the right direction, just help you with getting the process and procedure done correctly. So they should be a little bit tolerant on stuff like that. doesn't always mean they will. Okay. But they, but they love to say that all the time too. Oh, I'm, I can't give you legal advice. And just say, well, thank you for letting me know that I'm not asking for legal advice. I just need help with the with the process or the procedure. I need I need to know how to do the procedure correctly. And they'll usually help you out if you, if they can. But just as an example, if you bring the form up to the lady and say, I don't understand what they're asking me here. She can say, oh, you're supposed to put in the name of the other party's lawyer or whatever. That's not considered legal advice. That's just helping out with the process and procedure, which it is her job to do. All right. Okay. So do you do you know the whole like how to download and print the um notice of motion and the affidavit and everything from the website? I have a, a notice of motion here in the Court of Justice Act. 
Yeah, if you have a blank notice of motion and a blank affidavit, just fill them out. Keep it as short and simple as possible. Put everything you need to say in there, but keep it as short as you can. But I would say if you've been playing their game their way, continue to play their game their way. Just try and do everything properly according to their rules and try and get yourself a little bit of time. Because, see, it's like the old saying, the way to eat an elephant is is one bite at a time. You got a huge mess, but you just got to break it into little bits and do one step at a time in the proper order. Everything that's happened is fixable, but you have to break things down into separate issues and deal with the separate issues properly one at a time in the proper order and just it'll be a little bit of scrambling to catch up but as long as you start doing things properly it's going to start locking them in a little bit but it sounds like you've done a lot of things kind of close but a lot of little mistakes here and there that is causing you the trouble probably a lot of mistakes yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of little things here and there, a couple pretty big things here and there, but the good thing is everything's fixable as long as you as long as you fix everything properly one at a time. You can't just file one one broad piece of paper to to make everything go away. Okay, so fill out the notion of Notice of motion and hope for the best. Yep. The notice of motion, you'll have to have an affidavit supporting it. It's based, okay. it'll, I don't know. Um, I think they, what do they call it? Uh, is it uh, or do they call it an adjournment? Yeah. But see, I was supposed to be there today, but I thought the court was next week, but I was also sick this morning, so... The judge stood it down for today, and we're supposed to start up again tomorrow. So they've already adjourned it once for today, so I don't know how much more time he's going to give me. And these guys have come in from out of town, so they're not See, which is, Yeah, which is another reason why it's much better to give everybody notice a few days ahead of time at least. So... It kind of sucks for that guy. He's going to travel who knows how long to come to court just for you to tell him at the last minute, oh, I'm not ready. Yeah, I should have said something sooner, but I didn't. Whatever. It just seems kind of rude. You'd be kind of pissed if I invited you to a party, and when you showed up at the party, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I decided to cancel the party and didn't want to tell anyone. All these people come to my door, no party. They're going to be kind of pissed. That was kind of rude. Which is the reason I said just uh, start out with I apologize. But remember, too, remember too that I guess it's kind of relevant in their world 
except they're probably just going to snowball you anyway. But really, the outcome of the appeal is irrelevant. Um, I would say even if you lose the appeal, you can go back and and correct everything that's happened anyways. Um, I forget who jumped in earlier, but it's correct that you can challenge jurisdiction at any time. So even if you lost the case, lost the appeal, you could go back and say, wait a minute, I just realized I had no business being in a statutory court. I'm a woman. That was my property. What a mistake that was. But and you can't do that for this, though? I, I wouldn't. Well, see, you well, can it's withdraw. your own appeal. It's your own appeal. How would you do yeah. that? Yeah, you can withdraw your, your own appeal at any time. But it's just a matter of if, if you've come this far, do you want to continue? I don't know. Like I don't think I don't see any harm in continuing with your appeal. Hope for especially the if you especially if you can get a delay on it for thirty days. Yeah, if you can get a thirty day delay on it, there's a lot of things you can fix in a short amount of time. But it's just uh, I don't know, hearing a whole bunch of stuff for the first time and trying to figure out what to do for tomorrow is a little bit crazy. But it sounds like there's, it sounds like there's definitely a lot of things they've done wrong and a lot of things to attack, but you have to do things in small bites. Well, kind of the new charges go away. Basically, this this whole appeal thing folds too. Well, the appeal you, you can you can deal with the appeal anytime you wish. But, see, again, I don't know why you keep jamming everything together, but these new charges have absolutely nothing to do with your appeal. Right? These are separate charges. The appeal has to do with events that happened before the new charges were even laid. Right? The appeal started before you were charged with the new charges, right? The appeal is for because they removed the animals. Well, it isn't. Again, the appeal isn't because they took your property. The appeal is because they didn't follow procedure during the court the court they're during the trial. Right. <coughs> they didn't allow a lot of their evidence into the to the animal care review board. But you got to get it out of your head that the appeal is about them taking your property because it's not. The appeal is only about what they did wrong in the trial. Okay. All right. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Regardless of what happens, uh. Me, you, and Vital can probably talk sometime tomorrow whenever he's got time and uh, figure out what happened at court and how to fix it from there. Okay. So how many how many days is supposed to be left of this appeal? 
Well, they have two more of their witnesses, and then uh, then it's whatever witnesses I decide to call. Did you give them a witness list already? No, none of the witnesses want to be uh, notified ahead of time because they harass them. So has the trial... See, I don't even know the appeal process, but this is a trial that you're in right now? Or, like, you're not going to court... Like, did you go to court today? You're going to court tomorrow? You're going to go to court the next two days in a row? It was last month, and it was about a week long. It was mostly their side, their evidence. And they took an adjournment because they had other cases that they were trying. Oh, that works in your favor, because if they were able to take an adjournment from last month to this month, then why would they deny you? Yeah, I would I would motion for an adjournment based on the fact that you have not been answered, uh, that no one's answered your freedom of information request. And you're having a hard time uh, getting your witnesses together because they're afraid to be listed or notified ahead of time or whatever that was. Yeah, well, that is true because the one the one witness has got health issues right now and. But see, I would I would be careful how much you put in it. You want it to be very short, and your your points they got to be huge points. But I think that's a big thing for them to get around. You put in all these freedom of information requests, and they haven't answered any of them. That's kind of a big reason why they should be giving you more time. Like the judge should be ordering that the records be submitted or whatever the judge has to do to make sure that freedom of information gets answered. We've even requested x-rays from the one horse's uh, teeth that they haven't even given us yet. They keep saying they don't have it. Were they saying your horse is going to die from cavities? <laughs> Yeah, supposedly. Yeah, I I think the freedom of information request is a big reason for getting more time. I don't know how much more you should put into it. I think uh, I think you should keep it pretty short, but. Okay. But see, I still don't get how this is going. Like, tomorrow, are they going to... Tomorrow, are they supposed to hear their witnesses and your witnesses and hear all the evidence, or...? Well, they want to be done by probably by Thursday at the latest. Yeah, so I guess technically we have until when we got two days, or I don't know, we got we got till Thursday morning to try and get more time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Depending on how court goes tomorrow, there might be a bit of an open window. Um. It's kind of hard to predict what's going to happen tomorrow anyways, but I would try and get more time tomorrow. Um, If you can, just scratch a notice of motion and an affidavit up real quick. 
keep it short, simple to the point and, uh, attach your freedom of information request as exhibits to your affidavit and serve it and file it and cross your fingers and uh, close your eyes and hold on tight and just try and get through tomorrow. And then we can deal with what happens tomorrow after court. David, is it basically me saying I've I've sent these papers off and I verify this to be true? That's what goes on the affidavit? Yes. Um, be, be specific as you can in regards to, like, on such and such a date, I sent the Freedom of Information request, uh, see Exhibit A. Um, or I sent a freedom of information request dated whatever, um, and have not yet received a reply. The exhibit A on such and such a date, I sent a freedom of information request dated blah blah blah, which went unanswered. The exhibit B and just kind of list out all the information requests you made. Um, yeah, I've kind of, I don't, I don't know if I've seen the same paperwork um, that you're using in that court, but I think the notice of motion is super short. Basically, um, I, if I remember correctly, it's just a bunch of fill in the blanks more than anything. And then it says, uh, uh, I think you would write something like, um yeah, I can't remember. I think it asks you to mention um the grounds for the motion are the <clears throat> following documentary evidence is Yeah, I don't know, something motion is for and stage your precise release thought. Yeah, I don't know. I think it would be something like you would say a motion, a motion to adjourn. Um, see attached affidavit, and then the affidavit would say um, that I, I believe, um, I believe that I, I don't know, should be. I, I, I'm not very good with the statutory stuff, but something along the lines of you believe that um, you should be given an adjournment um, based on the fact that uh, I have not been given uh, full disclosure. Uh, okay. uh, or I don't know, whatever it is. Yeah, I don't know exactly what they're calling it, but yeah, I would list out the freedom of information requests that you sent and that they haven't been responded to. Just attach them all as, as exhibit. Okay. But I think somewhere in I think somewhere in the notice of motion it tells you to uh, 
briefly describe the order that you're seeking or something like that, which is basically you're proposing an order. You're saying to the judge, I want more time based on this reason. And uh, I'm seeking an order to get an additional 30 days. Or I'm seeking an order that the other side provide me with the requested uh, freedom of information, whatever they call it. If you if you look at the form, I think it's very simple to to fill out. It, it basically says what what do you want, and then you attach your affidavit to it, and it outlines the reasons why you believe you should get the. Uh, the order trying to commit you're basically convincing the judge that he should be ordering the other side to comply or whatever okay yeah I'd be a little more clear if I was a little better with the statutory stuff but but again they should give you a little leeway the old um, the old saying is substance over form. It's more important what your document says than how correct it is. Like they can't throw your paperwork out because you forgot to dot an I or cross a T. They can't they can't fail you because you put a comma in the wrong spot or whatever. But you always got to keep in the back of your mind that it's their court. They're going to do whatever they want anyways. But when everything's on paper, it's a little harder for them to get around. All right. <clears throat> Just remember, whatever happens, we can fix it on paper after. Yeah, but by then I'll be homeless, so... Well, nothing's going to happen tomorrow. Homeless? Okay. How, how, what's this homeless thing about? You've never dealt with these people before, have you? Uh, no, you're not answering the question. What, what is this homeless stuff about? They're going to take your house? They're going to come after your property? To pay yeah, for yeah. whatever? Pretty much, yeah. That's what they figure. Yeah, but that's yeah. not going to happen in the next couple of days. Yeah, that's not going to happen in the next couple of weeks. Not likely to happen in the next couple of months either. Especially if you do what you're supposed to do. Yeah, debt's easy to deal with. Sorry? That's easy to deal with. Yeah, and you need to decide which way you're going to go, how you're going to go, and uh, you're either going to go the way we tell you to go or you're going to communicate with us and tell us that you not you didn't go or not going to go the way we're telling you to go. Yeah, you're going to have to uh you're going to have to be in contact a little more often if you want to straighten this stuff out. Like this stuff's just going to keep piling on and piling on if you don't deal with it properly. You got to pick one horse for the race and go. You can't be trying to change horses all the time. 
I don't have any horses. They took them all. <laughs> well, I tried to use an analogy that you would understand. I know. Because, you know, when I found out today, you didn't even send out the Tracy letter because you talked to Gus and Gus said something different. You didn't tell us anything about it. That's why a lot of us fail. Talking to too many different people and getting too, too many different ideas and then not even communicating back. Yeah, that's a problem I have a lot of times is... uh people will get a hold of me and they'll start telling me their whole story and then they'll I'll sit there and I'll come up with a whole bunch of ideas or whatever and I'll say a whole bunch of stuff and two, three, four hours later they're like, oh, well, I talked to Gus two weeks ago and he said the same thing. And I'm like, well, I, you already knew the answer and you didn't do anything. Now you're asking me the same thing. I'm telling you the same answer. and Or... Somebody will get me to give them a big answer, and then they say, oh, well, Carl told me to do this. Well, why didn't you just tell me that in the first place, and I could explain to you what Carl wants you to do. But when people are talking to other people and they're not telling anyone, like if I, if I write a letter or notice for you, I don't care if you put it up on Skype for other people to comment on, but if somebody's helping you and they gave you a plan, you should be probably telling me the plan that you already have. And that way, maybe your plan's better than mine, or I can build on your plan, or maybe I can see a problem with your plan, and maybe there's a different route. But talking to a whole bunch of other people and not telling anybody you're talking to other people is just going to lead to confusion. And then not doing anything. Yeah. I mean, that letter should have been sent off weeks ago, and uh, a second letter should have already gone out. Meanwhile, we're thinking that the letter got sent, and uh, you know, we, you know, waiting to hear back if you got an answer or anything, and nothing's being said, and nothing's been done. Looks like, and we worked a lot on that letter. I know. Took yeah, forever. We did all that work, and it wasn't even used. And yeah, if God said something better, you, you know, at least tell us, hey, uh, talk to Gus. He come up with this idea. What do you guys think? And we either say, yeah, that's great. Go for it. Or no, it's not. But it's up to you. You can use it if you want. At least we know what's going on. But see, if, 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 Gus, if, if Gus came up with a plan, it might have been better than our plan. Or maybe, like, you, you maybe would tell me what Gus told you could, to do, and I might say something like, well, that would be a good plan, except did you tell Gus this and this? And if you say no, maybe Gus gave you an answer without knowing important information. Maybe his plan's better. Maybe there's something he didn't know, so his plan won't quite work. Maybe his plan is good, but it contradicts what you've done already. So communication is kind of important. But like if you, have two, if you have two attorneys uh, helping you, right, and one attorney doesn't know about the other, there's going to be conflicting stuff going on. 
When you have two attorneys working and helping you, they usually collaborate with each other. And another thing, too, is uh, Gus and I know each other. We get along, <coughs> we get along great. If if I said something and then Gus said something and they don't quite match, I can just call Gus up and say, yeah, I told her to do this, and then you told her to do that. The plans are kind of similar, except what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And Gus and I can probably, between us in less than five minutes, figure out what is the best route. What's well, not... I thought you guys all I didn't quite hear that, but um, but Gus and I were like, Gus is his own man doing his own thing. I'm my own man doing my own thing, but Gus and I are friends. So if we need to talk, we talk and figure out what's going on. It's uh, it's just better than one hand not knowing what the other hand's doing. Okay. And uh, using the horse analogy again, we, you talked about using our horse for a long time. We worked at it. We fed it. We did this, did that. And you say, yeah, okay, that's the horse I'm going to use. And then he talked to Gus, and he says, hey, use this other horse over here. And then you looking at that horse. You're working at it. Looking at it, And then you don't take either horse. Don't even get in the race. How are you going to win? I have no idea. Exactly. Yeah. At least yeah. if you took if you took one horse and went, there's a chance you might win. But if you never go, you're never going to win. Yeah, if you have a plan and a, a plan A and a plan B, you better pick one and do it. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, you could have a plan A, talk to somebody else, and have a plan B, and find a way to merge them if they're both close to each other but you at least have to make some kind of a move. You're never going to win the game just sitting there deciding on a move. Okay. What, what did Gus tell you to do? Um, I remember now... Just like a rough idea. I basically asked him if I I sent him some information. I sent him some of the warrants to look at. Um, some of the orders. Um, he said he was pretty busy for a while there. And... When I sent him the letter that I thought was pretty good. Um, yeah, but you're not answering the question. What what was just just basically what was the rough idea of what his plan was? I think he was going to look over it and let me know. So he never said I wouldn't send that letter. Well, he did, but I'm not I'm not sure exactly what the right, what his words are. I'm just going back through the chat. <laughs> so he told you not to send the letter, but didn't tell you what to send instead. Kind of, sorta. We're going through the paperwork. 
Yeah, that sucks because you didn't have a plan B, so you didn't do a plan A. Or at least report back to us and say, hey, we talked. I talked to Gus, but I haven't been able to nail him down. He said he wouldn't use that ladder. And then maybe uh, Mike could have contacted Gus and say, hey, uh, you know, what, what's your opinion on this? And then come up with some something else. Like, did or he agree say, that it's fine. Did he say the letter wasn't good or the plan wasn't good? Or did he say what why he wouldn't send it? I think he just said he wouldn't send it yet. And then I tried to get a hold of you guys, and I couldn't get a hold of you guys, and then I didn't have internet for a while. Do you have Skype on your phone? No. Well, you should uh, download the Skype app on your phone. That way you can always post the message in there anytime. Not getting a hold of us, but it's actually writing there whatever question you have or whatever you want to say so we can answer when we see it. I am lucky I can do Skype on the computer, let alone try to do it on my phone. Well, the phone will be fine. I mean, if you have a, some type of smartphone, it's easy enough. You just do the app and it works just like Skype on the phone. I mean, on the computer. Even better sometimes, depending on the phone. Yeah, even I figured out how to use Skype on my phone. Now all he does is do his two middle fingers on the phone. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's harder to use my middle fingers when I'm using my phone. I use my middle fingers for my keyboard. That I that way I can get a good smash on my keyboard. <laughs> on the phone, you only use one at a time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I would uh, I, I would suggest uh, uh, getting that letter to Tracy sent out. Not going to hurt anything. Okay. And you got that, the ball rolling. That was the last letter that we worked on, right? Yeah, the one we worked on. The one we worked on for a month. Yeah, for <laughs> for a couple of weeks at least. Just tried to figure out how to how to margin over. Okay, I'm going to send it to you. Make sure it's the right one to send out. But there was something Uh-oh. about okay. He said something about restore. What did we have? We had return or something. He just changed it to return, restore. Who cares? Well, I don't know. He said, Get the thing done. It's a word. It's, it's yeah. What's the difference? I thought it was already written. It was. It is. <laughs> what do you mean, was? Okay, I'll, I'll send it to you again. You can tell me if it's the right way. <laughs> Not it was, this it one. It's the last one that we had close to going. We already told you it was good enough. Send it. Okay. But you can send it again if you want. But uh, anyway, concentrate on, on court for tomorrow. Work on that. And then tomorrow night we... We talk and we try to nail the ladder down. Okay. But none of this stuff that you're doing is going to fix anything until, you know, we start creating a record. Okay. 
you really haven't given them notice yet that they're dealing with a woman. All right. But remember, let us know how you make out. The appeal is not the place to be saying I, a woman, and property and everything. Yeah, just stick with just stick with the thing about uh, um, requiring an adjournment because you have not received the FOIA requests that you sent out, and you also have a necessary witness that cannot appear because of uh, illness or something. Okay. Okay. All right. Ask for an adjournment, you know, uh, of at least 30 days. Okay. Yeah, just, just, I, would, <coughs> I would just focus on the notice of motion, the affidavit, and the exhibits of the, um, the Freedom of Information request and just deal with tomorrow. Make sure you get through tomorrow first, and then we can deal with what happens tomorrow and the Tracy letter and all the other crap after the after you're out of court. So you're saying don't mention anything about the witness that's ill? No, that's fine. That's about getting more time and everything. Right. I, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I'm just... I, 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 would, I would put down 45 days. That yeah, they make you thirty. Yeah, yeah, that's good. You could ask for sixty and hope for thirty. If you ask for sixty, might they might just say no. Um, but all I mean is, don't worry about the Tracy letter tonight. Don't worry about the new charges tonight. Don't worry about anything except dealing with tomorrow. Yeah, focus on that, and then let us okay. know how you made up. Okay. Thank you. All right, good luck. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, anybody want to jump on? Jump on what, the horse? Jump on some iTunes cards. (laughs) My tune. (laughs) It's my tune. (laughs) Thy tune. Anybody else? No. Going one. All right. Anybody else got anything else to say? If not, let's wrap it up and go talk to uh, the honey man. <laughs> honey bee? Bee honey. I be here. Me? All right. It's a wrap. Ta-da! <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> I'm telling Angela. <laughs> she should uh, uh, trademark that. <laughs> I think that's why she gets so many listeners. Because of that? Yeah, I think the ta-da keeps everybody coming back. Oh, I see. doesn't keep me coming back. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right, man. We give everybody a chance. So let's wrap it up. Why, is everybody uh, everybody awake still? 
I guess there's quite a few people on. If I can find it here, where's my tab? Oh, it went away. Oh, there's no way on the call anymore? No, my, uh, I had to reload my page. All right, well, I guess Lee was ready to call us, talk to us, so let's say good night. Good night, Grandpa. Good night, John Boy. <laughs> good night, Mary Ellen. You're scaring me. <laughs> How do you know it's me? <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't. You're just a disembodied voice on the other end of a phone. <laughs> What's your chain of title? What chain of... Was that chain of what? Um, chain, chain of... of Chain of custody? Chain of custody, that's it. I was kept thinking, chain of command. I was like, what? <laughs> All right. So let's get out of here. Good night, everyone. Good talking to everyone, whoever spoke up and whoever's listening. And uh, God willing, we'll do it again very soon. Have a good night. Thanks, Mike. Good night, good night everyone. All right. Call me when you're ready, Mike. All right, so what, what's Bye the plan? Uh, Leo, uh, I guess, is ready to call you. So then just uh, three-way me in or however you guys want to do it. All right, sounds good to me. Or, talk, or he can talk to it or whatever, I don't care. All right. Bye, all. All right, thanks, everyone. Say what? Anybody want some cookies? I do, I do.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.